This is Bruce. I'm the GM for the Fringeworthy uh, campaign. With me is John Altizer, who is playing Philip, who is currently without his uh, doppelganger mind buddy, Corey Avis. And we are also without the player of Sok- uh, uh, Sakura, who is Ken Arendi. But we're going to go ahead anyways, because we have a whole new adventure that we're doing, and we wanted to let you know what was going on. So what we've done is that the players were saying that they don't ever get to play anything that happens inside of the Commonwealth. I'm always sending them out to new and unusual worlds that have never been explored before. And they said, why can't we have an adventure that takes place with the people that we know in the Commonwealth? Well, so I said, all right. And what we've done is that this is an adventure that takes place on the Victorian world, uh, which is a node. I believe it's positive three. Um, and it is a world where the sun never set on the English Empire. Um, the, the English have taken over the world. They're still the, the, the I'm sorry, uh, there's, there's still the Chinese separate, but uh, Russia isn't really important at all. It's kind of more tribal than anything else. So they really are the major, the only real major force in the world because China is isolationist. So they really don't count. Um, so this world, which is being run by, uh, by Queen Victoria, because it, it's set in the 1900s. This is a time shifted world, which means that the timeline of them doesn't match up exactly to the timeline of what we call Earth Prime. Uh, on the Victorian world, they also call their world Earth Prime, but we call them Victorians, and we're going to keep doing that so you don't get confused. So anyways, what happens is they come showing up, and he says, something terrible has happened. And we're and Idet's like, what happened? And they go, Martians have landed and are, are, are assaulting our world. Uh, the Victorian node is a node where things which are literary on one uh, on our universe actually happen for real in theirs. And in this, the uh, famous story, The War of the Worlds, at least a version of it, is currently going on, and they've come to Earth Prime to their friends at IDET to say, okay, you've got to help us. Now, this makes a lot of sense because sometime earlier, Earth Prime was being assaulted by... Uh, French pirates who had basically managed to shut down Hatsumi Base and pretty much all access to the French Pass. And they were going to keep Earth Prime isolated because they had a lot of technology and they were screwing around with the French pirates' ability to rob and pillage as they pleased. But uh, some adventurers, some IDET members who had, were already out exploring came back and saw this and managed to get to the Victorians and enlist their aid. And they came and we had the battle for Hatsumi Base on the Earth Prime platform, and they succeeded, so we owe them. So we're going to do everything we can, at least IDET will, uh, with, uh, within its charter and possibly beyond it, because the IDET explorers can go beyond what you know the, the, uh, the UN charter is, because who can stop them? I mean, they're out on the fringe pass. They're the only ones who can go there. So the Victorians are really counting on Earth Prime to come through for them because they're the ones with the highest technology level. They're the ones that have been making all kinds of agreements to all these other worlds out there. And uh, that's where we're at. So they, they, uh, so we're examining the various pieces of information that we have. 
about the the world and the system the the explorations that the Victorians have done, uh, and we're also trying to come up with a plan of action that will allow the Victorians to win back their world. So Ken Aramdy sent me a huge list of questions, and I'm going to try to answer those questions with John here, prompting me for more information and kind of set up a baseline of information for them to go ahead. Now, one thing that's generating information is that uh, they and this is the advanced campaign, and so they know all the special functions that the portal can do that most people thought were just uh, portals that weren't working correctly. Well, it turns out there are actually things that can be done on purpose. And one of those special functions is ghost transfer, where you go through and you're immaterial. You can still be seen, right, John? Mm-hmm. Okay, but you are immaterial. You are not. Uh, you're not. Uh, as in, you can't be harmed in any way, unless the person that, that is trying to harm you is using some kind of psychic power. Mm-hmm. And since you are still a mind, they can still assault you and and hurt your mind, even okay. enslave you, okay. if that's what their powers are. Also means the two-edged sword, so to speak, in the fact that also the person in ghost mode can't do anything to affect that world, pick up anything there or manipulate any part of that world too. unless they themselves are also have psychic powers oh, mm-hmm. because what's mm-hmm. good for the goose is it's also the goose i believe is the term mm-hmm. anyways so they're going through and checking stuff out all right but they're going to be limit uh, and we're going to basically talk about what they're able to find out so that's where we're at um, so what's happening is is that they're going to go through the portal that's over in Cohasset of Massachusetts. This is just south and east of Boston, you know, because Boston has a huge harbor, and so the land actually moves further east below south south of Boston, and in the small town uh, area, which is called Cohasset, a small town near there is where the portal is. Okay, so uh, now this is 1900 Boston, and they didn't have a war with America, or if they did, you know, we got beaten. So, as in the Americans. Uh, so, therefore, you know, the, uh, this is not the, uh, this is a, basically still a colony, uh, just like uh, Canada is a colony of England, uh, just like uh, India is a colony and a number of other places. Not every place is a colony of, of uh, England. I mean, France is still France and those other places. But, they, but England basically rules, rules the land, rules the world, if they, you know, they, there are diplomatic agreements. Everybody, everybody's at peace currently, except of course with the Martians who come to apparently either destroy our world or enslave our world or something our world, and we got to deal with what we can deal. So one of the Martian cylinders has landed uh, in basically Boston, and uh, they know this because you know they do have a certain amount of information. They do have. This is the, like 1900s, a very early 1900s, so they do have vestigial radio communication. And, of course, they have uh, observers at every one of the portals, just in case somebody comes through one of the portals um, to from the French Pass. I mean, someone could do that. They could just, you know, even though they, they control their own... Uh, uh, their own landmass, you know, their their own. I'm sorry, their own uh, home platform with its eight portals, not all of which are active. 
but they uh, they do know that uh, some, but most of them are active at this point because it is the late campaign, and so just in case somebody was to blitz through the the fringe system, arrive at their platform and zip through one of the portals. For some reason, who knows what? Even even a, an advanced form of, of fringe pirates, it's, anything's possible. Then they wanted to make sure they had people stationed where that portal is, and so they do have people there. And those people are going to have advanced technology from the fringe pass, not the same 1900 technology that Earth has. I mean, I mean that that the rest of the Victorians have. Because for the rest of the Victorians, the fringe path is a secret. Only their their ex- expeditionary force, you know, Her, Her Majesty's uh, trans-etheric expeditionary forces, know about the fringe paths and a few high-ranking members of the uh, uh, British government. So they, you guys have gone through the portal, okay, and you are now. Um, Arriving in uh, uh, the, the 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 portal, you know the the I don't I don't know if it's a warp or a, uh, it's probably a warp uh, outside of um, Boston to go and explore. Okay, now this is a place that's currently under siege by Martian war machines, mm-hmm. but this is a small area, kind of out by its own, so it's not currently under any kind of attack. They would keep it on the low low. You know, down low, anyways, because if you're maintaining an obser- observation of a portal, you're not going to go and attack any Martians that go by, because you don't want to reveal your position. I mean, you might go out and attack them and come back, but right now nobody's attacking them because they don't want to give it their element of surprise of having advanced technology. So they want to strike hard, fast, and decisively against the Martians. So they're they're letting a lot of things happen. Not that they actually have that much they can do, because cylinders are landing all over the planet. This is just one of the ones. This is one that was close to one of our portals. So, anyways, so you guys go through, and I'm I'm uh, I'm assuming that you they've sent a message through so the people on the other side realize that somebody's going to be coming through in ghost form. So they don't suddenly think think that somebody's invading them when you go through, right? Because okay. they can see. Uh, right. Are you so going now, to? You you said us. So is that just um, um, me and Ken's character, yes. or are we part? Because we we had talked about that we would be part of a team because it was just we only had the two of us. So you were going to consider the idea of creating some additional, you know, NPCs or something. To go with us to make us a, a more well-rounded team or something. Okay, so well, I have team. not done that. Oh, okay. Okay, and I was talking about when you decide to actually do something. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Those for it doesn't matter. Sure. Okay. So, and also because you're looking at hot, a technology that's way over the pay grade of most people you know, that would be on the the British team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been 20 years. They have had some people learn about a lot of high technology, studying American, you know, well, not American, I'm sorry, Earth Prime technology mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So they're advanced. So there could be some people who are as advanced as you are. But I'm saying they would be pretty rare, you know. Yeah. So I'm saying most of the people that would be fringeworthy now would still, you know, would still be at a lower tech level than what you guys are used to. They would just mm-hmm. be familiar with using modern technological gear, right. but they wouldn't be 
used to, to recognizing all, you know, some of the aspects. And that's one reason why you and Sakura are going, because Sakura is kind of the weird science expert, uh, because she's got the giant robot. Right? Oh, I didn't know she, she, she's with weird science is part of the arcane background. But that's what weird science is. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. She's got a giant robot that's steam powered. Yeah. Okay. And also it's it's also hooked into a fusion generator too, so that it, it does both, which makes it work on the fringe pass, you know, or at least work when you come out of the fringe pass. So I'm just saying is it was they're kind of looking for her to be able to handle recognizing stuff that has to do with modern steampunk kind of stuff because mm-hmm. they think yeah. that she would be, you know, well versed in that. They're mostly looking at the Martians. We're not really looking at at Earth. They're they're a Victorian world. Yeah. They want to look at the Martians. Mm-hmm. So they're lo- expecting her to take look at that way and then you to be the IDET super science expert. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason why they want you know, you're more important probably on this mission than soccer is. But now in, in ghost mode, we just we she wouldn't be able to go through in a robot because it's in, because it's just in the ghost mode and that and, and nothing no physical equipment with us goes through no. to include a robot. Right. You basically go through looking like you would like wearing clothes, but none of your equipment would work if you took a radio. You know, you couldn't talk to each other over right. distance. You'd have to actually be close to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, and um, you don't eat, you don't sleep. You know, you 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 do communicate. You can hear and see. You know, um, you really can't touch. I mean, other than the fact that you're walking on surfaces and stuff, but you like you can go through matter if you push hard enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I mean, it's kind of like you're bounded by a surface effect on most things. And um, so you are going to have a problem in that, you know, you can't go into like a lot of Martian buildings and such unless you want everyone to know that you're walking around. And, and that would make the uh, Victorians very upset because they don't want anyone to know that anybody has any special capabilities other than what the Martians are already seeing mm-hmm. until they're ready to act. But what you actually do is entirely up to you, of course, John. Mm-hmm. All right, so soccer isn't here, so we're gonna. You're, you're basically gonna have to speak for both of them, both you and Sakura. I do have her character sheet in case we need to make a roll of some kind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you come through the portal. You kind of you. They they've been told that people are going to be coming through in ghost form, and that there's going to be a a woman and um uh you know a a youngish man, you know not a. Not a uh, wet behind the ears teen, but not a you know, not a grizzled veteran looking guy either. Even though you're a pretty grizzled veteran kind of guy because of all these things you've gone through. But I mean, how old is your character? Oh, uh, uh, Philip, let me say thirty-five, uh, twenty-two. 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 Which means not by this point he's probably twenty-four. Well, right. Mm-hmm. I would. You might want to advance his age that's a little true. bit. That's true. Yeah, that's because, when I created. Because you spent a long time on that mission, going. I mean, at least six months, I would think. Oh yeah, Phil's been quite a, quite a few uh, adventures. Right. Actually. So since you so, created the character, if you've never updated the age, no. you probably need to update the age a bit yeah. because your character is is now advanced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, because uh, you are actually playing uh, not a legendary character, but the one right before that, right? 
Uh, no, well, just recently we hit legendary at sixty. Did. Okay, let's not, let's not dwell on that. We're using the Savage World system, so at a certain point you're called legendary, which means that you, you, you gain certain benefits, but it also really slows your advancement at that point, because, uh, uh, it's just, well, in, in, uh, because you have to like, you know, you, you, instead of going up every five advancement points, you go up every ten advancement points. But you're getting other advantages because that certain things become available to you that were never available to you before. So we'll see. All right. So anyway, so the two you go through, and you, uh, what are you wearing? Uh, let's see. Well, since we're in ghost form, we could just wear pretty much uh, light combat fatigues, I would think, because it really wouldn't much matter. You know, we don't need the physical protection or warmth even of clothing. So I would say pretty much just, you know, light, you know, maybe a T-shirt. Is it, and, so this, this isn't any kind of camouflaged outfit? Um, well, now, see, I was assuming in ghost mode that you're still invi- invisible because one of the purposes of ghost mode was so that you'd be undetectable. So, therefore, you would be invisible. But now you're saying that you do actually have the transparent look of a ghost. Okay, just to update for a second, um, I looked up uh, ghost mode, and you do become in material and invisible. But you can try; you can become visible for one to ten seconds when you try to do so. Okay, and this is something you can only do like once every fifteen minutes. So that you you know don't do it all the time. Otherwise, why would there be a question of you being able to appear? Uh, there's also a 10% chance of being able to interact with objects, but again, it also can only be tried like once every 15 minutes, and then you only have a 10% chance each time. So it's really a, a very limited thing. Mostly what you do this for is to be able to move around and do um, uh, recon, uh, reconnoitering. I'm pronouncing that wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Anyways, um, reconnaissance. You can do reconnaissance. <laughs> Uh, effectively, and nobody can see you, unless, of course, they have some ability to detect you by detecting your mind, and they would have to have psionic powers to do that, and that may come up. But anyways, uh, so you guys are coming through invisibly, so nobody there knows you're there, okay, Uh, unless they have something to show them that something has come through, like maybe a ping-pong ball bopped through, letting everyone know that, but see, in this particular case, they don't really need to show you, that you've gone through. So they don't even need to tell anybody that you're there unless you want them to know. Uh, do you want them to know that you are, you've are you come through? Well, that depends our arrangement. Did they want us to let them know when we're coming through just for their own? It doesn't seem to matter one way or another. So it basically comes down to how no. you want to handle it. I mean, there's no obvious answer to that question. Right. So, so I'll say no. We'll just. All right. So you're just going to go through by yourselves. Okay. All right. Are you going to do anything to try to set up a means of communicating with people beforehand? Mm-hmm. People who are on the surface. Right. Um, I. Um, yeah, I think, you know, one or two of the uh, uh, higher level of... Now, what did you say? The Queen's... Um, the name that you gave for the um, for that ultra-elite that 
the queen's uh, ethereals. Oh yeah, the, the the people who explore the fringe paths with you, they're called they're called tays, which means the the, the it start, actually starts with that's a that's a shorthand version. It's actually you know humpties is what you guys call them. Oh. Okay, and it's her Majesty's trans etheric expeditionary services humpties. Mm-hmm. Okay, but another name that they use is Taze. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, all right. Which so. is the Transetheric Expeditionary Services. Okay. So it's a shorthand version of, but either one, Humpties. Of course, nobody, they hate you calling them Humpties because that's not, you know, they just like, you know, they, they, they nobody calls FBI Thumpy, okay? <laughs> hey, you know, you FBI agent. Hey, you Thumpy agent, FBI, you know. Or, you know, CIA, SIA, hey, SIA, come on over here. So the, 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 uh, the, the, you know, the H-M-T-E-E-S agents do not like to be referred to themselves, you know, as Humpties, even though you guys call yourselves IDET. Right. Okay, which is the interdimensional exploration, uh, Perhaps teams. It's easier to say Tays, call them. Yeah, that's tays. the shorthand that they've accepted. They don't mm-hmm. want, okay. and you know why they don't want you to do that? Well, I know in English that sounds awful like Humpty Dumpty, and that he so it has that. Well, well, well you know why it really offends them? Mm-hmm. Because the Queen is involved in that particular statement, Her oh, Majesty's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're basically making the name into a funny sound, and it's and they think that's mm-hmm. not showing proper respect to the Queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, they do not like to be called Humpties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They would much rather be called Tays, but you know, mm-hmm. and of course. So in any case, um, <laughs> with you know the the, the uh, higher up uh, it takes, uh you know people that are there, I would yeah. like to set up it for some reason. But I don't even know how how to go about that, how that would be created, because the whole purpose of, of ghost mode is to not be able to interact. Um, well, if you never came back, you know, you might put a time limit. Say, we will be back within X number oh, yes. of days. Oh, and right. if we don't come back, then you guys need to send... Two days. Uh, two days. Yeah. Okay, because the distance here is considerable. You're going to be walking this, oh. you know, unless you can get onto a vehicle. Mm. And they're in the middle of a war, so... You know. Oh, now here's some more interesting things. How could we ride in a vehicle? Because if we're immaterial, then... Uh, you know, I mean, for an object to ride on something else, it has to have some kind of mass to move with it. So if there's no inertia or no mass in ghost form, if a vehicle goes, the ghost would just stay there and the ghost would, I mean, the vehicle would move on. Well, but that might be getting to a little, you know, physics reality. You are immaterial, but you're like still walking on the surface of the planet. Yeah, so there okay, is. You're not flying. Uh huh. You're walking. So therefore, there's this kind of a surface effect. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. So the surface effect would keep us moving with the vehicle. Right. It also right. keeps you from easily going through a wall. I said you have mm. to kind of force your mm-hmm. way through a wall. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because if we don't do that, then you're literally flying around like ghosts. Yeah. Right. And that we can do that, but it's not as much fun. Yeah. It's not as challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and there's things that can be convenient for you. For example, mm-hmm. you would not be able to walk. You would not be able to ride anywhere. Yeah, you'd only you'd have to walk, fly everywhere at the speed, and 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 being able to fly is is it would be the equivalent of, you know, what walking speed? I mean, why would you be able to fly like like Superman, right? So, 
everything about it says you are just like you are normally, except you're immaterial and no mm-hmm. one can see you. So that means to me that you should be able to stand on objects that are moving. Mm-hmm. You know, though. And if no one's there, and let's say we're in the back of a truck, and then Spiel decide, well, they want to load the truck with cargo, then they'd actually put the boxes where we're sitting, so then the boxes would just go right through us, and we'd coexist physically with the boxes since we're immaterial. And you'd have to move out of them, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually. (laughs) Because you'd be blind inside. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, I would guess so, because... yeah, you know, I mean, just, assuming that the box is... head was inside a box that they just put... Right, and the box is filled with something, right. Black. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So, okay. All right, so you go through, and uh, and, and basically, like I say, you're... you're uh, either it's the standard, you're in a cave, or you're out in a cornfield somewhere, you know, a wheat field, or, or you're in a wood somewhere where it's clear. You know, it's... Um, I, I don't know, uh, I haven't looked exactly where, where it is... Um, one second. The God Jupiter, huh? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I had my act together. Okay. So what we have here is this is actually a famous ancient Roman ruins. There was a colony from Rome in 120 AD, and apparently the, uh, there is a ring station that was located 100 feet under the ruins of the Temple to Jupiter. The name is given to what is really a Roman villa, which is... Uh, uh, and it's, it was initially accessible only through, uh, you know, the, uh, the warp above. Uh, the entrance of the chamber contained the ring station was buried under tons of rubble and debris. Uh, and this has not yet been cleared. Uh, and access to the portal was granted through a narrow passageway. So, okay. So, in fact, is, is that there is a tiny passage, passageway in the rubble underneath this temple. And you guys actually have to go through this passageway to get up to the surface, mm. which is not really a problem. But anyway, so you come out onto the surface and you see this this ruins of a uh, of a Roman temple. So just think of like you know, any of the ruins that are in you know Rome, you know, uh, and mostly a bunch of columns and some you know ha- you know buried um, uh, because the foundations would have sunk over time. Over two thousand years, because this is AD one twenty, so it's almost two thousand years ago. So, anyways, it's it's not in good shape. It's basically uh, maybe a local attraction, you know. Uh, it might be a, there might be an arche- some archaeological people interested in it, but really, you know, it, right now, of course, it's abandoned because you know, and and of course, the the Tayas people would be posing probably as archaeologists. Mm-hmm. Because that way they could re, they could uh, re, restrict you know the, the people's access to this under part of the temple where the actual portal is. Mm-hmm. So your so your your Tay's support group who's watching the portal would be actually posing as archaeologists. Yeah. Sure. So they're basically hiding out probably under the temple anyways, hoping that none of the uh, rush uh, uh, the Martian walkers are going to come by and decide to just burn it down just because they see it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they did, well, you know, uh, solid granite columns are pretty resistant to heat rays, you know, unlike modern buildings, which are usually made up of uh, brick and wood and such. So they'd probably be okay anyways. 
But you guys come up on the surface, and there you are in essentially a, a relatively isolated, near the coast, uh, part of of uh, the Americas in the 1900s, mm-hmm. early 1900s. Right. So, I, I do have some uh, more foundational uh, questions about the ghost mode, though. Now. All right. Um, one thing I was about since everything we do is, is that and see and hear and all like this is just in our minds because our bodies are somewhere nearby the uh, the, the, the portal. Um, then do we? Uh, because one thing is is that. The mind has a lot of difficulty with a lot of detailed things over a long period of time. So, therefore, one precautionary measure I was wondering about, and I'm not sure what the state of it is now with IDET, and that's the technology to record, uh, you know, a person's brain waves or thoughts or things that are going on in their mind because there might be, you know, like after several hours into a, a ghost mode adventure, you might forget specific little details or something about things. So therefore, it might be a prudent measure to wear some kind of uh, brainwave recording apparatus so you could go back over it, you know, or else you're going to have to rely as soon as you leave ghost mode and you, you have your normal function of your body back, everyone would immediately write down everything that happened. So, you know, just like when police ask, they take a report immediately from everybody so they get as many details as possible. So I was wondering about that. Mm-hmm. Does Do people just have to rely on just writing down a lot of notes after they come out of the ghost mode? Or can there be some kind of, like, mental uh, recording apparatus that can report so they can have a, a you know an independent recorded log of, of everything they've done to be sure that they can relate what actually happened to their other team members or such. Okay, so the things that the I have a number of answers for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first thing is is that there is no recording device that you can put on your brain because it wouldn't work in ghost mode. No technology works. Oh no no no. There, but I mean, your mind and physically in your body is is knowing all that you're doing. Yeah, but stuff, the point so. is, is that it wouldn't do any good. You couldn't if you came through. I'm saying it wouldn't do anything. Secondly, this this technology you're talking about does not, in fact, exist. Okay, well, I will, you know, since it's uh, an advanced. I know. I'm saying it it, it okay. does it does not exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, if it if it does exist, it would be like some kind of super tech. Kind of stuff. Okay. And that's, you know, uh, and currently I would say that the system does not have that. However, okay, two things. One is, is that there is hypnotic regression that you could attempt to mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. which, which has been used, uh, in, in a number of situations to mm-hmm. add detail, helping mm-hmm. people focus and remember things better. Yeah. Okay. B is, is that there, of course, there are trained interrogators that could ask you questions as soon as you came out mm-hmm. that could also make sure that the details were not you know, lost. And three, there are Tamellar memory crystals. Oh. These do exist. And what Remind you can, me about those. Okay, well, what you do okay. is that you can take a crystal, okay, and you can concentrate on a specific memory, something that you saw, and you could use this right after you come out, and it would imprint it onto the crystal. Mm. And then that crystal could be shared with any number of people who could experience the same memory that you did as you as you experienced it, and perhaps from their levels of different areas of expertise, they might be able to provide insight. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
So is this like a, a, a rewritable storage medium? Yes. Where, okay, so then once everyone's seen, okay, we know that memory, that experience, now let's have it right. Then you mentally or somehow erase the crystal and then you record a new one? You can erase it and record a new memory, yes. Oh, I see, okay. And then how long can it be? Like, because there could be experiences just a few minutes that other might be an hour. No, so it, would, it would only be a very short period of time. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I don't want to put a number to it, sure. but it would not be like an hour, okay? Uh-huh. It would be like the climatic scene in a, in a movie, mm-hmm. you know, where you see this happen, okay? Or it could be like, you know, the first time you see, look out over, mm-hmm. you know, ancient Rome, okay? Or it could be, you know... Uh, your wedding vows, mm-hmm. something a relatively short period of time, okay, yeah. uh, but nothing, nothing more than a few minutes at the most, and usually it's momentary. It's literally so. If you look at something that was important, you know, you, you viewed something, then you could put that on a memory crystal as soon as you came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, it would suffer the same issues that you're talking about as far as how well of a memory you have and how trained of an observer you are. So it would come down a lot to your notice check. Yeah. So right. depending upon your notice check and using the Savage World system would be what would get recorded on that memory crystal. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, if you didn't notice very well, then that means that you don't actually remember it very well. Mm-hmm. So, but it does have, you know, it, it has as well as your mind remembers the details that your mind remembers. It will store those. Right. So it's not like. You know, you, you get a fuzzy transfer, but later on someone says something to you and you can remember it crystal clear now. Okay, it's just, you know, whatever information you got, you know, that you actually got into your long-term storage, and yeah. this will be long-term storage rather than short-term storage mm-hmm. because it's going to take you time to get there sure. and get back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so those are the, your those are your options as far as remembering things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I, another thing that you didn't touch upon that would be a... a prudent precaution, I would think, and I'm sure they have some kind of drugs that are like uh, memory or, or brain enhancers and stuff that would help you better retain all of the details to a heightened extent of what you'd experienced in ghost mode. Well, again, so in ghost mode, none of those things are going to have any effect, oh. so it won't help you at all, and uh, I would be hesitant about people, you know, having those kinds of drugs, but maybe, because, I mean, I know that there's, like, shrooms like that in, in Hardwire Hinterland, and certainly there's magic spells that could do that. And that's, a third, that's another option, too, by the way. You could oh, you yeah. could use, you could well, you could use psionic mind reading to go and try to penetrate your mind and read a specific inf- piece of information mm-hmm. out of your mind. And there's also magic ability to be able to, like, view your your mind or something, mm-hmm. maybe you control your memory, mm-hmm. and that might also be available. Because as a matter of fact, I know that in the 90s, there was somewhat of a craze and popularity about bars that would sell these special amino acid drinks or saying they're supposed to enhance your mind or stuff like, I don't know what they called those kinds of things, I haven't heard about it in a long time, but there was a small craze with that at bars having those kinds of drinks and stuff. Right. And there have been stories in the news about how certainly, you know, especially college students who would try and take those sorts of, of you know, mind-enhancing cocktails before they took a test so they'd do better on the right. test than those sorts. There's of a things. drug called Ritalin that has the uh, ability to enhance your concentration uh-huh. and, yeah, and, okay. and your recall. So mm-hmm. you might take something like that when you come out to maybe give you a plus one bonus on your roll. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, because, I mean, in ghost mode, um, you know, when you go through ghost mode and then you're done with where you're and you come back, then your character, uh, you know, wakes up or becomes, and, and in your physical mind, you remember all the things that you did, right? As, ghost as well as you would any other. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So your mind, even while you're in ghost mode, your mind has to be recording that information in 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 the in your physical mind while you're in ghost mode. Yeah. So therefore, you know, if it's physiologically happening in your mind, then chemi- you know, if you took special drugs to enhance your your mental operations and stuff, that should still work with the things that your mind is experiencing from that ghost mode. No, that that's the what no, I was. it wouldn't because those drugs that you're talking about are design. You're trying to use them to improve. Your ability, you know, the the recording in your own mind of those experiences, so they're more vivid, they're more mm-hmm. long term. Okay, that's the part that isn't happening. Okay. Okay, but okay, because normally everything we experience is through our physical senses, and that's the part that's not there. Our physical senses are not seeing it. It's actually from some kind of mental, you know, Tamilian technology that's actually being put directly in our mind, and that's that's the distinction, the key distinction, perhaps. Okay, the fact is it's not based upon, you know, a physical chemical thing. No, it's, you know, yes, you are, the experiences you're seeing, the perceptions you're getting, they're coming from the fact that you're in this ghost form, and this ghost form is giving you the ability to see and hear, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so, therefore, as good as you're getting from that, that's what you're going to remember. Mm-hmm. And your ability to remember. Everything about you is all virtual, in a sense. So, therefore, you know, you're, you know, you, you get whatever they give you. Whatever the, whatever the granting of the ghost form gives you, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. And the, the way it's written in the game is that you basically are just like normal. So I'm going to have you make the same roles with the same skills okay. as everything. Because otherwise, everybody would have the same abilities as everybody else, because you'd basically be putting your mind into a virtual robot that had a set abilities. Well, except I'll see in that case, if you if you were to take some of those mind-enhancing drugs, and if they did work with the ghost mode, you'd just perhaps get some kind of like a plus one or plus two yeah. bonus. After a lot of different not during mm-hmm. afterwards. Okay. Mm. When you're when you're in your actual actual body again, oh, I see. Okay, okay, then if there's anything that those kinds of drugs can do for you about the experiences you, you're remembering, then you'll gain that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make you remember them better to begin with. It's dur- during the, when it happens, right? Oh, okay? okay, it's not going to you know. I mean, you know, if if for example, yeah. I, you know, I, I it's so there's so many possibilities here. I just really want to go into it. I think okay. it, and I think it's a distraction away from what we're doing here. So let's let's okay, just, well, let's I just apologize for belaboring it. Too yeah, much but uh, anyway, so you, you've come out and you're now going to go and travel over to Boston mm-hmm. in the distance. You can see out over the water because you can see over the distance. You can see, of course, a big black column, you know, which means that Boston is burning. Mm. Parts of Boston are on fire. Mm, big column of smoke. Yeah, big column of smoke where Boston is. Right. And it's a big column, big wide column. 
So, and probably not just ordinary smoke, probably the black smoke. Or no, no, it would be, it from the black smoke would be low level kind oh, of stuff. Oh, well, this yeah, is actually yeah, okay. things burning mm-hmm. because they've got like, they got sure. heat beams yeah, yeah. and they're burning the place. Okay. And they're burning like crazy because they don't mind doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so now when a Martian heat beam has hit something like a tank or whatever, let's say, does the tank just slack? How does it physically look when it's happening? Um, well, it depends. Okay. Uh, if it, in the case of a tank, it would probably cause this ammunition to explode. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. And they wouldn't have tanks because it's just the early 1900s. Well, yeah. Okay. But if they did, okay, or if let's say it was, um, you know, a, a field piece that had ammunition with it, the field piece itself eventually would slag down, but mm-hmm. probably what you do is you'd ignite the, the ammunition that's yeah, nearby right. and that would explode causing everybody to take damage and probably die. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the case of a battleship, it's kind of the same thing. The battleship would get a hole in it and would melt a hole in it, okay, probably below water or whatever. Yeah. And uh, assuming that they were firing intelligently, mm-hmm. okay, or if they knew where, where their magazine was, then they would yeah. hit that and it would, that part of the ship would explode. Yeah. They could also hit the guns and the guns would either become disabled because of the heat or they would, the ammunition inside, the powder sure. would explode damaging the weapon for you. Okay. I was so, just trying to get a general idea of the interaction physically between the heat beam and various different objects. Right. So let's say an ordinary brick building, or let's say a brick outhouse, whatever. Right. That, if a heat beam hit that, I mean, bricks, you know, can get extremely hot and stuff. I imagine not much would happen to that, but it might start to crumble after a bit. Or what would the... Or, well, what would, what would happen there is is it would be what's inside the building. What is yeah. the brick attached to? Mm-hmm. The brick's usually going to be attached to wood. Yeah. Okay, because sure. this is the, the early world. 1900. You know, it might be attached to steel, might be attached to concrete. If it mm-hmm. is, then this it's going to stand up a lot more. What, what you know, more likely at that point, what would happen is is that anything on the inside would probably catch fire, and then you'd have like office equipment burning, wallboard burning, you know, draperies paper, rugs, that stuff would start burning. But mm-hmm. the actual wall, the structure of itself wouldn't burn. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and of course if now if this where they hit that also had to have a gas line going through sure. mm-hmm. because gas was used in gas lamps on walls and yeah. various fixtures throughout buildings, then that gas line would rupture and explode mm-hmm. and, and catch on fire, which could cause an explosion, but then it would really start producing heat inside the building, and the building would start, as you say, not slagging down, but catching on fire. Mm-hmm. So even even theoretically modern, non, you know, non-damaging type buildings, you know, would still suffer a lot of damage because of, of a heat beam of that magnitude. Wind, uh, windows would probably melt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the window frames themselves because they're going to be made out of wood, not steel. Like they would in a modern building, mm-hmm. so those are going to catch on fire. Wood panes falling out, falling down on people below, uh, catching stuff on inside. You probably these heat beams are not so powerful that like it hits a building and the building explodes out because of the massive amount of heat buildup inside of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so though it can fire through a window, and because the window is transparent, yeah. then it would be able to catch things on fire inside the building. Yeah, just like you feel heat on the inside yeah. of a window from a sunny day. I mean, every in, every indication of these weapons uh, are primarily that they're designed to cause terror. They're a mm-hmm. terror weapon. Okay, yeah. 
They do cause damage, and they're designed to cause damage, but what they really do is they just disrupt everything. They cause people to run, abandon their posts, abandon what they're doing, you know, run away, cause smoke, uh, poisonous gases to, to happen as a result of things burning, mm-hmm. you know, every, everything you can imagine. And then, of course, they're also blowing out the black smoke, yeah. which is a poisonous uh, gas, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, which unless you have gas masks, is going to kill you right there on the spot. So it's just yeah. it's just a walking, you know, horror. Sure. And of course they look terrible. They, right. they obviously are, you know, not outworldly with their tripods and their big head like, you know, um uh top with their their metallic uh tentacles hanging down mm-hmm. from the outside. They can pick things up and do stuff. So oh, okay. so there's that too. So you know, that's one reason why the idea about, you know, them, they, they produce gas jets out of them and those are also on tentacles. So they actually can aim at themselves pretty well if they need to. So mm-hmm. hitting them with a, uh, uh, an incendiary shell, you know, could cause damage, but then they could, they could remedy it by blasting it, the, the material off with a live steam. Mm-hmm. So it's, they're, they're tough. They're tough things and they're, they're, um, you know, they, they, they defeat a lot of m- modern techniques of getting rid of them. You know, artilleries can fire at them and maybe they'll be lucky enough to hit one of them and knock one over. But, you know, it doesn't mean that necessarily they're going to destroy it. You know, mm-hmm. so. Have they seen the actual, uh, ports where the black smoke or the steam come out of? Or yeah, is that not they're, been able? they're under the cowling. Oh, okay. They basically just kind of fall out of the the head piece of it. Mm-hmm. And they just they they, they almost constantly not always because sometimes they don't want to hurt people. They want to take them, herd them, and eat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they they do eat people. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of them have baskets on them that they put people into and carry them with them. Right. So. You know, and that's also one reason why some people aren't willing to attack them is because they have hostages. Right, right, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. so like I said, in the distance you can see this huge column of black smoke. Okay. No, and, you, and you know that Boston is under siege. Mm-hmm. The Americans, of course, are going to try to do their best to defeat them, but Boston is actually a pretty, I mean, it's an important harbor. I mean, it is, uh, for, so it's there for trade, but it's also where a lot of shipbuilding takes place. There's a naval yard there. So, uh, that's going on as well. So that's, so it is important. There is going to be military there, but at the same time, there's going to be military trying to protect the nation's capital far to the south in DC. Or actually, no, it probably isn't in DC. It's probably oh. still, it's probably still in Philadelphia. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay, because that was where the early one mm-hmm. was. And there's no, I mean, they may have moved it to D.C., but there's no reason for them to have moved it to D.C. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the point is is that, you know, wherever the the um, administrative capital of the Americas are, as far as the British are concerned, and also for itself, to coordinate itself. Yeah. Okay, because it only has a, a, a relatively small piece. It doesn't have all the way across the United States anymore. You know, there's the Mexican Empire, there's the uh, Indian Empire, you know, where, where Indians got together and collaborated and basically did. So Brit- the British do not control in a 
active sense as a colony the entire United States. They only control about half of it. So perhaps just east of the of the Rockies, maybe. More like east of the Mississippi. Oh, okay. All the plains are in control of the Indians. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's mostly what we're talking about is the you know the East Coast and somewhat like Ohio and and Michigan and all all that area, you know, and some incursion down from the uh, from the um, from Canada. Canada basically probably you know own takes more stuff. Of course, Russia still controls part of you know controls Alaska and and some of the northern. And, and, and basically the western edge of Canada. That's under Russian control. Mm-hmm. But not a whole lot of control. I mean, right there, the only thing that's really there right now, because of the fact that they are time retarded and all, is, is, you know, I mean, there's a lot of traders, uh, in seal and, and, um, you know, fur traders and such. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they're not doing like major stuff there. That's one reason why everyone thought buying, uh, buying Alaska was a stupid thing to do. Was because it didn't really have much there. There wasn't much there for us to want. Mm-hmm. Okay, but of course now we realized it was one of the best investments mm-hmm. we ever made. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, so another thing they've they've turned the, the the tech is worldwide with their telescopes or whatever that the other countries. It's not just this hemisphere, this area. Right. Well, they're they're still trying to analyze the pattern of it, mm-hmm. and that's part of what you're here to do is try to understand that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. You can basically go out, and there are some main roads that travel along the coast, okay? Um, and there and there are British ships that are out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Now these these um, these walkers, they're only a hundred feet tall. These 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 tripods, so they can't go tremendously far into the water. So a lot of the British, there is a British fleet that's actually outside, you know, in the water, and they're doing some shelling onto the land. British ships. The British ships are okay. So, um, so there may, so if there is any landings, they're probably coming from those ships uh, onto uh, onto the land, and at which point they'll then go and try to, um, you know, commandeer any vehicles they can get their hands on. Vehicles being primarily um, either steam tractors or um, are going to be horse drawn. So you guys come out and um, you see this. We have steam technology, so they wouldn't have to necessarily rely on horses. That's what I just said, steam yeah. tractors. Yeah. Of course, if you have steam tractors, what you're relying on is a water source. Yeah. Because you can only go about 20 miles before you have to refuel the mm-hmm. refuel your water tanks. And one of the most uh, valuable things uh, for the British and, and, well, for us to do is to try and disable at least part, if not an entire walker, to try and get parts of it to do R&D and analysis right. for it, not not just for right. The but British, don't get, get ahead of yourself, John. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, right. Okay. okay. So you're, you know, I mean, they literally, when this started happening, they came to Earth Prime and they said, "Help us," yeah. because we this is this is a big thing happening to us, and we can see that this is a technology that our world is not designed to fight. Right. So but, we need the resources. Okay, yeah. your resources. But another thing, as far as uh, the, the the physics of the underlying interaction of the heat beams is, like for example, when you have a stove, you have those little metal aluminum plates that reflects the heat from the burner up, and so using that sort of thing, building a reflector 
Could that not be a good, um, perhaps, shield that would help to, to partially deflect the beam and prevent it? Or at least partially deflect it, perhaps? It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's okay. possible. Okay. However, you know, if they saw that, if the operator saw that device being used, then it would, it, it, unless you could follow it, circle, it'll, right. get, it'll come yeah. over and destroy you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like yes, you're protected against that in that one little spot, exactly. and, the, and then it, and then if it gets over top of you and fires straight down on your vehicle, yeah. are you going to be able to turn it straight up? Mm-hmm. I mean, does it is it going to use other methods? Is it going to you know is, mm-hmm. is it going to just reach down and grab all the operators off the vehicle? And okay, and, and one reason I started asking about this with heat beam is I remember you know in the movie they show it was extremely inaccurate. They'd show the heat beam hitting things. And they'd start to melt or whatever, but then they'd start to glow, and then they they just vanish, right. which seems so unrealistic. That's not what's happening, get, right? Okay, that this, that was my initial. This reason. is more like the the idea of, of a laser beam mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so they basically these beams come out, and things get hot, and they ignite. So mm-hmm. you know, okay. and, and if if it's a transparent object, they're going to get inside. If it isn't a transparent mm-hmm. object, it's going to burn the outside first. And then inside, and then you know it'll be totally consumed. Okay. But it takes it takes time to totally slag something down. It's more likely that they're going to destroy its function and move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Excuse so be my curiosity the better. Hey, you know. So, anyways, so looking at the map here, um, we can see there is a road that goes along the coast, uh, which is three A. Mm-hmm. All right, and that probably existed. Because you know mm. it makes sense that you'd have a road that goes along the coast. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not going to have the big interstates like you sure. know, uh, uh, 93 or I or uh, I'm sorry one or any of those things. And, and no need for that in that. Right. Is so, but this is what you're way. doing. You're basically trying to get there. So mm-hmm. the first thing you probably need to do, John, is you probably need to make a luck roll to see if you see any vehicles going in that direction. Okay. Well, I got a, I got a two, but I rolled a one on the D Right, so, so that's not going to be successful. No, Do you want to use a Benny so. to re-roll? Or I'm sorry, you want to use a Benny to confirm? Uh, no, I'll, I'll be willing to wait. Okay, so you're around. you're going to wait as long as it takes for something to go in that direction. Um. Well, did you say how long do I expect it'll take me to walk there? Okay, the, the distance here looks to be like it would take you maybe a day, two days to walk to the heart of Boston mm-hmm. from where you're at. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. So, all right then. Um, how about I'll go ahead and I'll start walking in that direction, and while I'm walking, I'll check here to see if there's still you know a vehicle I can uh, hop onto. It's going in the same direction. Okay. Or like if I go past a store, you know, someone's trying to come out, get into, the, into their carriage or whatever, and then I can quick get on that maybe in time before they leave. Okay. All right. Um, all right. I am going to say that you have a, at, the, at this point, I would say you have a very likely chance of running into some military force within uh, the next day. So go ahead and roll me a... Um, uh, a D12. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
nine. Okay, which is a success with a raise. So you succeeded. Okay. Okay. So um, a day later, you know, after you've been walking, as you near Boston, you see a uh, uh, basically a uh, a wagon pulling a, uh, a military field piece. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically a, uh, it's it's a, it is a wagon, and then there's a uh, there's a military field piece basically being pulled by a, a team of horses, and there's a wagon behind it that apparently is carrying shells. Mm-hmm. And there's a squad of guys that are on these two um, uh, two vehicles, and they're heading toward Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean they're, they're not traveling very fast because you know they're carrying a lot of weight, so they're moving about maybe you know five miles an hour, mm-hmm. which is still you know you walking at a fast clip. So as you see them, you you can basically run up to them and you can hop on board the uh, either the wagon. Uh, this carrying the ammo or the, the the one carrying the field piece. I'll get on the one carrying the field piece. Yeah, you don't want to get on. What do you want Sakura to do? Oh, uh, she'll get on the wagon. Okay, so you're going to be separated from each other. That's okay, right? Um, yeah, I would think so. Okay, because I mean you're going to be separated by probably a good, you know, maybe 50 feet, because you know just in case. You know, the ammo, something, they were attacked, you know, then the ammo could be exploded, but it wouldn't hurt the field piece or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I was just saying, you know, the field piece, I mean, it's not meant for people to sit on and travel with. No. So I was figuring, you know, there'd probably only just be room for me. Well, I were immaterial, so it wouldn't much matter, I don't suppose. But in any case, that was my initial rationale why I said we'd be on the different piece. Okay. So that's fine. So you get on top of them, and they're rolling along. And these, you can see that these soldiers, okay, these are American soldiers, but they're wearing British uniforms because mm-hmm. America's part of the British Empire. And they're looking pretty scared because mm-hmm. they're heading into this thing where all these mm-hmm. terrible war machines are. You can see that, uh, that some, let's see how many of them. Oh, they, they're, they're, apparently they're, they're well equipped. Because all of them are wearing gas masks, mm. so apparently they're pre- they're prepared to deal with poison gas, the, the black smoke. Have they demonstrated that their masks are effective against that black smoke, or not, or just partially? Uh, at this point, I would know. say you don't know, uh, mm. but definitely they're trying their best. Sure, sure. Okay, mm-hmm. so some information has gotten to the Americas about things, you know, to, to, that they have this black smoke, and they are. They're, they're prepared for it. They they have their normal infantry weapons, okay, which is going to be a uh, breech, um, a, a lever loading, you know, breech lo- uh, loading uh, rifle, much like the Garant, okay. And um, well, I've never heard of the Garant, but I, yeah. I know vaguely. What All right, well, basically, about. you pull it back, and the the, the 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 shell comes out. You put a new one in. You close it up. It doesn't mm-hmm. actually, I don't believe it actually has a magazine. Right. Okay. But they're modern enough where they can have, they, they can have like individual pack bullets. Yes, they're, they're right. actual shells. They're yeah. not, you're not like biting off a, you know, it's not like over in India where, you, where they, at one point they were, you know, bite, biting off the end of a tube and they were pouring down right. shot and powder mm-hmm. and then having to tamp it right. down and do stuff. Okay. It's a real shell that yeah. goes into the breeze. Mm-hmm. You pull it out, put a new one in and yeah. proceed from there. Okay, so they 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 have those weapons. You can see they have bandoliers of things. So they're they're basically equipped because this is really early. 
This is just happening, yeah. and all the armed forces are very highly, you know, equipped. Okay, though whether they're being effective or not is a whole another issue. And they're riding in, and the horses are, um, you know, are, are military trained horses. You can yeah. see they've got blinders on them. You know, they have, the, they literally have the ability, uh, ability to go and um, uh, cover their heads if they mm-hmm. need to to keep them from running away or something. Yeah, uh, they're sure. strong. They're big Clydesdale type horses. They're mm-hmm. pulling a big heavy object. This road is is a well maintained road, so they're having no trouble carrying it over that. Mm-hmm. Though you can see that it definitely is is digging a rut into the road as it goes along. It's you know it is damaging the road slightly mm-hmm. because of the weight of this sure. large field piece. So mm-hmm. the idea is to get close enough that they can fire on you know uh, the uh, the Martian war machines, and of course they would. If they have this information, possibly even get to where the main Martian uh, cylinder is and maybe figure out what's going on there. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're riding along. They're apparently they're they're, riding, they, they're grumbling about the fact that they have been already riding, you know, for you know a day, and they 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 they've switched out, you know, horses, and they're still going on, and you know their their squad leaders like you know this is. Uh, I don't want to hear your belly aching. There's people dying in Boston, you know, and women and children, you know, they, they, this, this Martians, you know, they, they're, they're monsters. They have shown no respect for, for combatants versus civilians. Says, you know, we don't have a name for what they are, but we're, but monster will do for now. He says, you know, you need to buck up and, 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 and be ready and get your head in the game, soldier, kind of thing. And then, you know, grumble, grumble, you know. A couple of them are slipping, you know, drinks of uh, from either glass bottles of whiskey or, or gin that they've managed to grab, knowing that they're going into combat. They've been kind of like, well, you know, I might as well drink a last drink on the way, you know, because they do know that they still have another day before they actually get to the heart of Boston, if they get that far, because they may divert at some point over toward the coast, continue toward the coast. Uh, on uh, on this road, rather than going into the heart of Boston, because they're probably going to be wanting to provide support to the ships that are mm-hmm. shelling yeah. the, the Martian walkers. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I mean, you don't know what they're going to do. Right. All right. So so one thing I was wondering about is, back, is as I recall, back in the, in the Civil War, they did have primitive uh, machine guns then, but I don't think all the way back to like the Revolutionary War they did. So mm-hmm. this time period... Do they have they do. primitive? Okay. They do have primitive machine guns. And when I say primitive, I mean they're like they're like you know tripod mounted. Okay. Okay. They you know they usually require one guy to provide you know to provide the ammo flow mm-hmm. and one guy to actually use it. They're going to be water cooled, which means that they can only be used so long before the gun barrel becomes too hot sure. to use. Mm-hmm. But the the water cooling does give you a little bit more usage than they normally would. Um, they don't have that equipment. They're, they're clearly an artillery team. They're, just, they're probably going to meet up with a larger group to go and move forward and try mm-hmm. to assault these guys. You don't see anything that looks like a tank. It's quite right. possible that tanks don't exist. Yeah. Because tanks were an invention of World War One, and World War One yeah. never happened. Mm-hmm. So right. you know they are using. There has been advancement of field pieces and cannons and things yeah. like that, which is just what you'd be expecting. You know, advancements in known technology and also in, in the same quarter like ammo, you know, guns. You know, as, as, you know, certainly in the 20 years that they've been working with 
the IDET and exploring themselves, they would become very well uh, informed about things like modern guns and weapons. But you know what? They may not introduce modern modern weapons, but there's no reason why they wouldn't advance their existing guns to use mo- modern type powders and modern type right. shell systems. And along that same line, like their gas masks, they, you know, Audit could still provide maybe improved modern chemical filtration that they maybe could adapt to use in their gas masks they already have. Right. That would give them an improved chance of surviving perhaps the, the black smoke or oil or whatever that the uh, Martians put out. Right. It's the black smoke, and but they don't have to because the, because Taser's out there doing their own exploring. And they would certainly run into technology that would be able to be adopted as of the the, the 1900 to 1920 technology, which is what they had in the World War One. Mm-hmm. And they did have gas masks because they were using poison gas. Yeah. Okay, so they would be able to provide those uh, from various sources, including um, Earth Prime, but like other other Earth-like worlds too. There's even the Victorian world that's the alternate of Earth that they could have gone to and they may be trading with as well. Point is is that this is technology that fits within their current world and uh, it's one that they would have been able to adopt. Mm -hmm. uh, That they probably wouldn't have a problem with adopting, especially because it's defensive. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to adopt everything that is modern from IDET, but there's no reason why their military wouldn't take the next step forward you know, in technology, perhaps a lot quicker because of that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're the greatest for, fighting force in the world. Why wouldn't they want to be the overwhelmingly greater fighting force in the world? Mm-hmm. Right? So, anyways, so gas mass makes sense. They may use themselves poison gas. Uh, certainly, they, it was used during World War One. You know, they may be using them in places like India or any place where they're having a, court, a squabble kind of thing. Uh, they might be stockpiling it in case the Chinese ever decide to come out of their isolation and, and try to attack or, you know, expand their territories. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it's all there. Uh, so the uh, so you're heading forward, and of course it's a little bit frustrating because ultimately you're probably not traveling any faster than you were traveling before, but you are at least listening to them. And they are, you know, they are talking, and you're hearing what they know about, which isn't much, other than something fell out of the sky. There was a big explosion uh, in Boston, and now there's reports of, gig- of gigantic um, uh, tripod-type um, things that have tentacles hanging from them and fire beams of light that cause things to explode. And you know, and uh, that's pretty much all they know. And so mm-hmm. they're they're trying. They uh, they seem to be very very resistant to you know. They, they basically, normal fire like weapon fire doesn't seem to do anything to them. So that's one reason why they're bringing up their their best forces. They've already um, you know brought in ships uh, from uh, uh, and and uh, you know from the Americas further south or whatever. and uh, But unfortunately, the, 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 the so-called um, tripods um, are not really going toe-to-toe with them. Like they, that One of them actually came out and, like, you know, and, and, and burned up uh, a bunch of ships that were landing 
and trying to provide military forces to support Boston. Mm-hmm. And they came out and they burned up those ships. Okay, so they basically took out the expeditionary forces. All right, but then, uh, but then when they were fired upon by the main ships that were out there with their big guns, one of them did get knocked over, but then it got itself back up. And, and then they retreated in, further back into the city so that if the ships can continue to shell them, they're also shelling the own city. So right now they're trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to gather information. And, uh, I mean, the soldiers have tried to, uh, tried to go in and attack them, but then they were met by the uh, black smoke. And that's when they knew that, you know, that's when everyone started dying as a result. That's when they had to pull back for real and say, okay, we got to send in specialized troops, specialized equipment. You know, we have to, do a coordinated attack, and they, um, I mean, they are still shelling where they can. If they actually have a clear target, they're going to shell at it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they also realize that when they, you know, the, these are primarily um, solid shots is what they're firing, not explosives, mm-hmm. not incendiaries, because they don't want to destroy Boston any more than they can. But they see that these creatures are already destroying Boston. Right. They seem to be going around burning everything. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why are they doing that? Why are they, you know, why, they're not even asking for us to surrender. Why are they destroying everything? You know, they don't, they don't understand. People are flooding to the countryside, you know, desperate for, you know, uh, to avoid the fire, desperate to, to find food, water, medical help, you know, just something to, to, to save their sanity. Sure, mayhem reigns. So at an appropriate time, you find yourself, you find them basically pulling in with a larger group of, uh, of military type people, you know, more wagons, more, uh, soldiers, um, you know, various people, uh, ammunition type wagons that are being pulled by steam power tractors, like as I mentioned before. Okay. Um, and it's clear that they're part of a larger military force. So at that point, it would make sense for you to dismount and, because they're not going to move forward right now anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, they're basically getting their act together. People are showing up from all over the, the countryside, the various places where military forces can be taken from. There's probably some trains that have arrived at a distance away and just, you know, disgorged their their uh, their equipment and right. it's on the road now traveling out there. So this is a meeting place, and this is to the uh, this is to the south of Boston, slightly to the west. Okay, because of the way Boston is, is set up, so you know they, they're basically diverting off to you know in that direction, mm-hmm. and so at which point it makes sense for you to jump off and continue forward. Right. Yeah. All right. But anyway, while we're here, I might want to we might want to look. If there's a main command tent or any generals or the most in charge and just hang around that area and see if there's any critical, uh, strategy being discussed that, um, you know, might help us understand things better. Okay. All right. So, um, what's your, uh, when you go in there, okay, uh, there is a big t- table which has like, you know, like a war room type thing 
has a big map of the area. Mm-hmm. And it, they've got, uh, they basically have um, a question mark, you know, on a disc, and it's sitting somewhat to, uh, it's basically sitting a little bit north uh, of the center of Boston, uh, where there's a convergence of a couple of rivers. Mm-hmm. Or actually, they're more like, yeah, it's, it's actually where Boston Harbor goes into the heart of the city and it goes east and west. Okay. There's a conversion. And there seems to be a big question mark there. Okay. Okay. And then there's some smaller triangular ones that are in different locations mm-hmm. nearby. Okay. You know, more, um, and you also see a number of things that are uh, identified, like there's a, uh, there's a, there's a steel foundry. There's the, the Boston um, uh, shipyards. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Boston rail stations are marked. Um, any a couple of important government buildings. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's what you see on this big map. And of course, they're beginning to put you know groups of military type things. Like there's a big thing out in the in the in the bay indicating that it's actually from you know. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's actually ships. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is one place that's, that, that indicates that there was a fort of some kind, a military fort, but it's been marked with a destroyed token. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they, they were firing on the, 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 um, the walkers and they proceeded and, mm-hmm. the, and the walkers basically came over and destroyed them. Right. So. So now one thing here, let's say that, that Philip went to the command tent, and let's say that uh, nearby, let's say they're, they're having some kind of officer uh, debriefing or briefing or whatever, and if Sakura was to go over to, to listen and get orientation about that, would me and, and Sakura be able to uh, know where we would be able to find each other, you know, hook up together again to go on? I mean, we... Since since we're invisible to them, we'll be be invisible to each other. You know, you can still see each other. Okay. Okay. Uh, you can still see each other, even though you're invisible to them. Okay. But if we were out of sight, like in two different buildings, for example, or if you were we just separated by a wall, you wouldn't be able to see each other. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's still line of, sight. line of sight. Yeah. We don't have any other way of knowing where each other are. Right. That and of course, bad. you can speak to each other over a short distance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, otherwise it just seems to fade to nothing. Mm-hmm. After a short distance, the sound of your yeah. voices become very attenuated quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, if I mm-hmm. shout to Sakura, she's some distance away. Would there be any chance that the other people would hear that, for example? Or let's no. say if I was playing a normal voice versus if I shouted to her at a distance and one of them was standing next to me, there would be more of a heightened chance that he might hear something. No. No one, okay. no one would hear you. You, right. you only appear if you intentionally try to appear. Okay. All right. I was just, you know, right. And of course, you only can try to do things. Okay. So there is, there does. You go in a, a place that looks like it's a place for briefings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is. Uh, let's go ahead and make another luck roll. It's an unlikely. I'll give you a D six. Oh, okay. Hi. Okay, that's not going to be successful because it, it has to be a, a critical success, a success with oh. a raise because oh. okay. it's luck. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Um, uh, anyways, if you want to confirm it, you can with a with a Benny. Mm. Mm. Not at not at this. Well, I'm in ghost mode. Uh, mm. 
All right. So they are, in fact, having a briefing at this moment. You luckily walk in on them, and they're talking about what's going on. And what they say is, well, this guy who looks like, you know, like a major general. And he's standing there, and he says, what you know? he says, he says the blasted, you know, uh, uh, tripods, you know, are burning everything, you know, on the commons in South, of, you know, they all... He says they, they, they seem to be opening the, you know, uh, everything in the way over to the shipyards. We don't know why they're going over there because all, you know, the, because the important ships that have been able to sail, of course, have already gone there and they've already been over there and destroyed a number of ships, you know, sunk into the harbor. Their, their poor, you know, uh, uh, crews, you know, dead, you know, God bless their souls. Uh, they seem to be destroying everything between them and this place where, according to the reports we have from, from interviews with people fleeing, that some tremendous object fell from the sky. No one has seen what's there, though there appears, you know, to be a considerable amount of light still in that part of the city, you know, which isn't, you know, isn't directly related to the, the fires burning. And oh, the fires are burning. You know, there also seems to be in air, uh, in a lot of areas, uh, poisonous clouds near the ground, almost like, you know, cloud banks. And it, uh, more than a few, you know, and, and every soldier who's been gone through unprotected has died, you know, and we've lost an entire squads, even, even, even an entire company of men we lost. So at this point, we are, you know, ready to slowly advance, uh, making sure that we grind up, you know, and, and target any tripod that might come against us. Uh, and that's, you know, any questions and someone will say, you know, what is, how many tripods are there? And he says, there are, currently we've seen five. Okay. Uh, though uh, we do have reports, uh, you know, that the, uh, that there are that that are there could be many more. Okay. Tripods are the same as the walking machines. Yes, the walking machines. Okay. And at which point, you know, someone raises their hand and says, "Where, you know, says where is this intelligence coming from?" And he says, "That, you know, he says, he says, you know, he says we all serve the queen and country. Let us just say that it's directly from the office of her Majesty, special agents." And everyone just kind of says, "Okay, fine." <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, and they're they're like, is um, have, are the same number of tripods there now as as to begin? And they said yes. Ever since you know we've gotten here, we haven't seen any more than three, uh, f- uh, five tripods. Okay. Um, and they're like, okay, uh, is is that so? You know, is is we are we to understand that that the five tri- Tripods are the entirety of the uh, invasionary force here. And he said, "That's you know." He said, "That would be ill. Uh, it would be an ill question to to assume." He says that uh, the, 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 um, uh, that they would not. That these tripods would not have some kind of a base. You know, the one of them got hit and it got knocked down. There must have been some damage caused by that. 
So it would have to be go back to at least to some place to be repaired somewhat. At least I got you know I I hope to God that's true, uh, because that was one you know that was a an eight inch shell from one of our you know ships ships of the line. So you know lucky shot frankly because they move quickly and uh, it's been very hard to target them. You know we've had the sa- uh, saturation bomb even have any chance of of, of effectiveness and. It's really not done any good. I mean, we may have to make a decision and make that decision soon between saving the city and destroying these creatures. Destroying this force. So that's what they say. Mm-hmm. And so that gives you an, uh, at least a, and that location he's talking about where the thing landed is supposedly where that question mark is. Because apparently nobody has any information about that location. Mm-hmm. Other, you know, they, they've only seen the walkers, mm-hmm. the tripods, and they can and they can take a hit and keep on kicking. Mm-hmm. And they also know that somehow there's this poisonous clouds that are appearing here and there, but they don't know, you know, exactly what's what's happened. They. Uh, uh, actually, I would say that they do when they came, when they came forward and they attacked the uh, um, the. Well, since you showed up here, that there's actually information you haven't received yet. Oh, I mean, you came through and they were starting. You know, they they were. Oh yeah, okay. They don't well, start the briefing. Right. So mm-hmm. well, since you paid to have it, I think you should have the best possible role. Oh, okay. So yes, and they will mention the fact that this this gap. This poison black cloud does seem to be coming from the walkers themselves, and it fell down upon all the ships and all the expeditionary forces that were arriving from the ships outside, and uh, to 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 provide, you know, to take down these walkers and also provide aid and support to the fleeing citizens of Boston, and they just got you know mowed down by these walkers. I mm-hmm. mean, the ones that weren't destroyed outright with the rays. Uh, were killed by the poison clouds. Yeah. It seemed to just emit like you know Satan's breath, bad breath, you know from these these things. They just ooze with this terrible black smoke. Mm-hmm. So so that um, that uh, circular area with the question mark. Then I gather that area is within this uh, one of these major areas with the black smoke. Then uh, no one knows. It's oh, further okay. in. Oh well, okay. Okay. So they, they don't know. Uh, these people are to the south, remember, not to the north. There might be a force to the north that might be able to give a better answer to that. But mm-hmm. they currently do not have any information, you know, that they're sharing or that right. they have, you know, with their soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, uh, they're basically saying we're going in, we're going to try to destroy, you know, the, the walkers, but we're going to yeah. try to press forward to where this lighted area is, uh, and, and see what we can see, and if there is a base, we're going to do our very best to destroy it. And they actually think they have a better chance of destroying that base because it's, a base is not going to be moving around. And all their their weapons, like cannons and shells and things, work a lot better against a stationary target, mm-hmm. or at least a target that can be predicted. These uh, these tripods are, are, you know, they're not ponderous creatures or, uh, or machines at all. They are very agile, and they like literally like hop 
well, hop is probably a wrong term, but they step over things yeah. and they move around things. Mm-hmm. And so hitting them with a shell powerful enough to disrupt them uh, or even knock them down was is, is almost impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, only by luck did they hit it one once, yeah. and it didn't. It just got itself back up. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently, the whatever is inside is is well protected. Yeah, against this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's so that's one area that I definitely want to try and explore. Is that area that they don't know anything about? Is get an, a reasonably good idea of what's there. So when we come out of the ghost mode, we can let them know if their own troops to the north haven't already told them. Um, and how far about is that mystery area they've got on that map from where one of the cylinder uh, motherships or whatever is landed? That is the area that they're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, the cylinder landed, but they don't, they don't know what it is. They oh. All they know is that something bright fell from the sky okay. and exploded like a, they're thinking like a giant shell. Yeah, okay. But then these, these walkers appeared and started destroying mm-hmm. everything. So, and they do see there's a lot of more light still coming from that area. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, um, I mean, if it's, it's not just fire because fire would be like smoke and they would mm-hmm. see it, you know, it would, it, it, this, this is a lot more light than that. And they don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So that's why they got a big question mark. They don't really mm-hmm. know what's going on. And they can see five walkers and that's all they have to work with right now. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So I'll, uh, me and Sakura go ahead and we'll try and locate the next most likely transport headed in that direction. Okay. Well, right now nobody seems to be going in that direction. They're waiting for their mm-hmm. orders to come through. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at this point you're pretty much going to have to be on foot. Well, okay. All right. So unless some other kind of, uh, especially tantalizing thing like a, another briefing might seem to be going on, or some other critical piece of information or discussion, I will. I'll proceed to leave the area and continue walking down the road. No, um, you do see that, that that there are people that are being treated at at uh, triage stations. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You know, uh, most of them are are suffering from uh, contusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, cu- some, a couple of them are, have taken burns. Mm-hmm. Um, there doesn't seem to be anybody who's like literally been hit with like a ray or something like that. I mean, the burns seem to be from, you know, people being in buildings that were burning or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, uh, there are, you know, there, there are no, there are currently no soldiers. Um, uh, who were in that battle to, right. uh, in the bay because they all got killed. Yeah. Literally, the, the expeditionary forces that were sent from the ships to go aid the city were literally, they were, they were destroyed to a man. Either that or the men are, are missing. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, you realize, you know, maybe they're missing for another reason. So, alright, so, uh, you, another thing I was thinking about too, since, since I that owes these Victorians and stuff, that also might translate. I don't know what the current supply of of, of uh, med boxes, Tamellar med boxes, is that IDET has. But I would think at least any one or two med boxes might be allocated by IDET to the Victorians to use, how wherever they think it might be most critically useful okay. to help out it in that. It should respect. not make any difference whatsoever. Oh. The, the mass of casualties okay. is just too ginormous. Yeah. Okay. Now, they, I'm sure that they have one in case some, you know any any of their own IDET people get seriously injured, mm-hmm. or if the Queen 
or important government officials yeah. might. So I'm sure mm-hmm. they have a certain quantity of them themselves, but it's going. Those people, you okay. know, are, are going, you know, are, are are going to. And like I said, the they're uh, they're trapped underneath, you know, in this in the sub basements of Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the 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 tripods, and that's one of the reasons why I said one of the missions that she might be going on is helping them reach, you know, Buckingham Palace and yeah. uh, and take take down, you know, uh, get them out. You uh, You know, get out the queen and the royal yeah. family and mm-hmm. any other important personage who's taken shelter there. Yeah. Believe me, if I was a member of the House of Lords and I wasn't in my home property, I was out in the town, and this happened, the first thing I would do would be run to Buckingham Palace and and, 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 and seek shelter there. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, first of all, that had the best information. Because after all, this is the queen is the head of the army, sure. the navy, and all the forces. Right. Yeah. And secondly, is because um, uh, that way they could be accounted for and possibly uh, allocated, you know, to someone else. The problem right now is the fact is that they're under such siege that they've all retreated to the yeah. basement. Of, mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't they couldn't get the, the royal family out. Yeah. It literally had to retreat due to the ferocity mm-hmm. of the attack on on uh, on London. Mm-hmm. So apparently, uh, a number of of cylinders fell on London rather than just one. Right. Okay. And one thing we need to determine is to, if if we can to try and figure out how much the Martians are able to understand of the Victorian, you know, of English, our language, and right. and the society. So. You know what? How well is their intelligence gathering work? Right. So you travel forward, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, at which point uh, you get to uh, um, uh, you get uh, you get to the river, and uh, and you can see that there's a bridge, but it's been destroyed. So at this point, you're going to have to get across the river. Uh, Boston, you know, Inner Harbor. So, and especially and in, in, in ahead of you, through the haze of smoke, you can see that there's brilliant light up there. So there's definitely something there. Yeah. Now, of course, they don't have planes. They probably do have, they, they do have, um, might have dirigibles, and observers in dirigibles off right. of the, these ships outside. So they might, uh, so they, they could see something, but they wouldn't be able to see everything. So you're actually in a position now, you know, people have been fleeing past you. Right. You know, uh, you see a lot of dead people. Uh, apparently the, 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 um, uh, not too much here. I mean, you actually, you do, uh, and actually from where you're at right now, you can see that there's actually walkers over to the east. I'm sorry, the west. Okay. And, and at least one walker to the south. So there's actually, unless they split up, so the five that they saw originally, yeah. there's at least two more. Mm-hmm. Okay, and those are literally just walking around, setting fire to stuff. Mm-hmm. They they seem to be acting very nonchalantly, moving along, you know, at, at a at a relatively quick pace, and, and and just basically igniting buildings here and there, and and. Um, Blowing out that black smoke here and there, and and essentially creating a perimeter uh, around that area, which is 
is why I said that really lit area. Okay. So that's the direction you're going. I yeah. said. Okay. Yeah. So how are you going to get across the uh, the 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 bay? Uh. Well, let's see. Uh, how wide is it? Well, roughly, not exactly. Um. The bridges look to me to be um, it, like the biggest one. I would say is probably like a quarter of a mile long, like about okay. a thousand foot long. Okay. Now um, and it's been destroyed. Yeah, so, right. Uh, in parts, not not as entirely. It's not oh, like okay. someone mowed it all yeah. the way down, but it looks like there's a couple of places where it's been destroyed. Yeah. Like where the, uh, the the pylons or supports are, those parts would probably still be. There. No, it's it literally is, sec- is sections. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and yes, the pylons themselves look like they've been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'll have to get closer if you want to examine them, or you can just entirely avoid the bridges and just try to get across the ocean on your own. I mean, the ocean, the uh, bay, which is, looks at That's this point kind of looks like a river at this point. So, okay. what are you going to do? We'll see that that brings my. I'm thinking uh, mainly about swimming, unless I can find a dirigible or something else that might happen to be going from one side of the river to the other, perhaps. But otherwise, you know, always try to keep moving forward because time is of the essence and such. Okay. But what comes to mind when I think about that is like. Well, I'm in ghost form, so going across the river, I wouldn't be swimming like I normally would. You know, would I would I float on top like a piece of balsa would? You know, would I swim across? I wouldn't use my normal swimming if I had that skill, I wouldn't think, because I'm in ghost form. Um, you know, so like how much of the percentage of my normal body weight would uh, would be negated by it? You know, or like... Would it be like I said, just a piece of balsa wood, and I just barely float on the surface of it? Okay, um, I, I don't know. I, it, I don't know if you've ever tried it, so I don't. You, I don't think you know the answer to the question. Oh, really? You should know. Um, you will, unless the water is glassy smooth, you will not be able to walk over it. It's moving, and so therefore the surface moves. Yeah. And so the surface you're on, will, you will be carried along with it, depending upon which direction it goes. Um, so basically, the best method that people have found is to literally lay down on it mm-hmm. and literally and do, and do like a, a kind of a breaststroke, okay, and just pull themselves along yeah. using the, the 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 fact that it does resist your your arm going through it. Mm-hmm. You can literally pull yourself across the surface. Okay, and so in a similar you can, you can also do that on the on the ground too, but it's usually faster for you just to walk. Right. And, but I'm saying that this surface being uneven, you're not going to be able to do that. You're literally going to be knocked off your feet every time you try to yeah, do that. Right. And falling into water and moving, going inside of water can be really problematic. Yeah. Okay. I was um, say, like if I wanted to go under underneath the water for some reason, that would be rather difficult. Yeah, you could still do it. You could mm-hmm. force yourself through the water. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying is it's uh, and uh, but the, the biggest thing here is that since the water is moving, this is going from, you know, these rivers and flowing basically into the bay, uh, 
you would your biggest fear would be that you would get carried literally carried out into the bay rather than where you're trying to go to. So mm-hmm. you have two choices here. You can either go and um, well, you can you know you can you, know, you can either go and go into the water, swim, you know, try to swim across, mm-hmm. okay, uh, knowing that you're going to be carried along right. a certain distance, yeah, okay. Uh, you can try to get as far across a bridge as possible and then jump into the water, okay, uh, knowing that you'll probably penetrate the surface of the water when you do that and have to get yourself back up to the surface and get through the surface of the water and move along. And, of course, the uh, the option of, of going and uh, finding a blimp or something is not, you don't see any blimps overhead, trying to go anywhere. And if you think about that, that actually doesn't make any sense because blimps at this time would be filled with, with hydrogen and they would be like really easy for the, the these tripods with their yeah. their rays. Mm-hmm. Unless they could be above their rays. Okay. But with all the air rising from the, the burning city, it would be very, very hard for a blimp, you know, a, a power blimp of any kind to yeah. be under any control. So it makes a lot more sense for them to be out on these ships tethered to them and watching it and trying to provide, you know, intelligence to the people on those ships to just try to direct their shells. You know, right. if, like if they can see a tripod, then they can tell them to fire. And you do hear, you know, boom, and you see, and, and you can see an entire building explode, but not explode burning, more like a shell hit it and just mm-hmm. crush, just blew through through a part of the building, smashing mm-hmm. through as many floors that were there and down into the foundation. You know, not exploding, just just hitting it and causing damage. Mm-hmm. It may catch on fire after that point, but it's not like being hit with a shell and having the building explode. Mm-hmm. Because these are they're not using explosive shells because they're not mm-hmm. trying they're trying to damage the the walkers. They're not trying to blow up the city. Exactly right. Okay. So, so another thing with um, uh, swimming. Uh, as a in normal physical form, going across a river with a heavy current, the current will be the predominant force that will carry you with it. Yes. But now in ghost form, the same scenario, I would hardly be affected by the current mm-hmm. of the water, but I'd be majorly affected by any surface wind on the water, and that would be the predominant. No, no it's just the opposite. You you would you'd be affected by the the. The fact that the surface that you're standing on, or you're in contact with, is moving in a direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, air doesn't seem to have hardly any effect on you all. Apparently, it, it takes a certain amount of mass for you to be affected. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it says it's carrying you, but you know you. So I'd go pretty much the same distance from a heavy current, for example, in in a normal physical form as I would in ghost mode. Yeah, he's just carrying you along. Yes, yeah, okay. but the difference is, is that you can literally just, you know, zip across the top, like, you know, I mean, you know, you, you, as fast as you can move your arms, you can literally pull yourself along. You don't mm-hmm. have any momentum. Yeah. Okay, but you literally, but you can like reach forward, like grab the surface, pull your arm behind you, and that'll mm-hmm. propel your body forward right. that distance. So you can, you know, basically scoot. Across the water pretty fast, and you will kind of bob over white caps and things yeah. like that. So it is very disconcerting. You know, you do have a tendency to tumble and fall and such, but you can 
continue forward. Maybe get more of a seasick sort of tendency than than otherwise. It's more know. it's more like you just get it, it, it. You seem to like it's like you're walking across a surface that's that's constantly rolling you around. Right. Okay. You know, and it's it's disorienting, yeah. and it might cause you some amount of vertigo, but you know, like dizziness just being spun around a lot. Right. You know, but mostly it's not a problem. I mean, it's just you know, it's it's you know, I don't know how stormy it is. Let me check this. Okay, it's pretty stormy, windy out mm-hmm. here. So, like I said, the the ground, the, the the river's fairly frothy, but still, you you feel like you can do it. You know, and it's only like I say, a quarter mile. It's only a thousand, you know, thousand to a thousand five hundred feet. So it's not like you're doing this for two or three miles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and. Um take my chances and try and uh, uh, scoot across the surface. All right. So make a swimming check. All right. Two. All right, your second one. All right. So this wouldn't be like giving you the penny. I could confirm it. And no, no, it's not a luck roll. You're actually trying to swim. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's, it's basically the swimming action. Four explodes. Oh, good. all right. Well, it's worth the penny. Yeah. Again? Oh, wow. Okay, so a total of 11. Yeah. All right. So soccer is doing pretty good, though she didn't make a, a success with a raise. You you actually turned out to do excellently. So you're basically scooting ahead of her. Um, you're both moving very effectively. I would say that you're going to be able to cross without losing too much. Too so much. You roll for soccer separately. Yes, mm-hmm. I roll from separately from you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you actually um, are managed to get through and land. Before you get to the other side, um, uh, 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 there's a, there's a um, larger uh, flow coming in, so uh, you don't get, and that would really have carried you out to the to the the ocean. So you're able to land basically right here, right here mm-hmm. above. Um, you basically went in here, and you flew through here, and this basically carried you over, and you're now over here. What you're trying to get to is essentially um, right here, the center mm-hmm. part. So you're basically, well, that kind of puts you on the wrong side of the river, so that kind of pointless. So let, let's say you, you do land right here on the, on the thing. Okay, so, uh-huh. and what you see is you can see that there is this enormous pile of rock and rubble st- this basically stands up probably around 30, 40 feet up. And you, you see that buildings have been flattened. And you're basically under the impression that you think that this is a crater of some kind. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well... Let's see. Hit what? What about uh, Sakura now? Do I, you know, wait for her to get to? The... Yeah, I would. I mean, she's not that far behind you. Okay. Well, so, um... anyway, so you climb out 
and it's really not going to, it's really not any distance at all, maybe a few blocks before you reach this, this, this mountain to break down of, of all this dirt and stone and pieces of building and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's also buildings that actually have been flattened down that you can actually climb up on top of the buildings. Oh. And, um, and actually walk across their flattened parts mm-hmm. over to where this, this mound is. This, right. Like I say, it's about four stories tall. So we're kind of going, beginning to go up the lip of a crater. And yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. You've reached like the, the edge of the, of the crater, uh, of the, of the rise of the crater. Mm-hmm. So are you going to do anything at this point? Mm, no, just be observant and continue to try and get to the crest of the um, uh, of the lip All right. of it, and, and try and see what All right. is down. Go in. ahead and roll your climb. They both explode. Okay. Wow, Let's close goodness. it again. Boy, talk about luck being whipped. Twelve. Fifteen. All right. So you rolled very, very well. And uh, soccer also rolled with success with a raise. Mm-hmm. And so you guys basically scramble pretty nimbly up uh, the side of this uh, this uh, crater wall. And mm-hmm. you get to the top and you look down and inside of it, you can see it's filled with machinery. There's this, there is this gigantic uh, cylinder that's currently laying on its side, and it's been it's been opened up, okay. And it, you can see that it's it's filled with stuff. And but there's a number there's places in there where it looks like stuff is missing. Okay, which you would suspect is the um, uh, is the, the walkers. Okay, there looks like there are um, a total of eight places. So you estimate that there are eight walkers in this cylinder. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are, seems to be a number of other machinery, insect-like machinery that are moving around. Mm-hmm. One of them is actually going. And it's seemingly enlarging. It's literally pushing dirt, carrying dirt up the wall. Okay. And, uh, and it's, uh, and, and pushing it over the edge, making the, 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 the crater bigger. Okay. Uh, more, and the wall's more steep. So rather than this crater being like round with a big explosion out and fairly shallow, it's getting deeper and deeper. It's making them deeper and wider. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and you can see these things crawling around, carrying you know hoppers full of dirt, climbing up to the top and dumping them over the side, and then climbing back down. At the same time, it's also tamping and doing things to stabilize the wall. Mm-hmm. So you see this thing happening. Uh, make a perception check. Okay, a notice check then. A notice check. Six. Six, okay. 
All right. Um, Sakura tells you that she's she all she sees on these things is machinery. She doesn't seem to see anything that looks like a control cabin or something, like a like a, a, a helmet like thing that she that was supposedly on the walkers. Okay, that you saw on the few walk shadowy walkers you saw. Mm-hmm. She thinks that maybe these things are actually robotic, and they don't actually have anything in them. So that means they'd be remote controlled in some yeah. fashion. So they got to have some kind of AI or they're following some kind of script, like an advanced Babbage machine, mm-hmm. or you know whatever the whatever the Martians have. Right. Yeah. You know. So uh, so it's it's possible. So uh, you know I I think it can perceive us, but it may not recognize us as an enemy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there are. Um, uh, so, and there's there's a, uh, another machine that's going around that does seem to have like one of those bulbish kind of things on the end of it, okay? And there does seem to be a figure inside of it, okay? But you can, but I'm saying it's really hard for you to see that. You're going to have to get closer. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact, there does seem you think there is a something that looks like might be there's a figure inside of it. Okay. Right. And that thing seems to be going around and dismantling the um the tripod, not the tripod, the um the the cylinder. Okay? Yeah. All right. One end of the uh of the cylinder actually looks like something is all something major has already been detached from it. But you don't know what it is. It just looks like there's a part that, you know, that was there and is missing. Because right. one end of it is nice and smooth, and the other end of it is like not so smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's places where things might have fit at some point. Okay, um, this is kind of like downsides of ghost mode because this is where you can use actually a video camera to get an exact recorded uh, image. Sure, of what sure. Is going on from All right, so you're going to climb down. Um, how about let's say. Um, um, I'll climb down to the, uh, the the cylindrical dismantled ship and suggest Sakura go over to that uh, tripod or walker that it, that seems like it might have a person in it and see if she can better determine the nature of the possible uh, Martian that's in it. Okay. Um, now there Unless are. She wants to stay no, with me. there's also these like little pods everywhere. They're they're like light projectors and they're producing light in in all directions. So the inside of this place is actually really a lot, very intense. Inside intent, of the crater. Inside of the crater is very intense light. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not surgical level light, but it's mm-hmm. like you know this is like spotlight. So it's all very well illuminated and and, and um, a lot of a lot of that light is going is illuminating the smoke and other things and steam. You don't see the black smoke in here. You see steam, okay, and it's going up. And you do see one other thing that chills you is you see a large area that looks like a wall, uh, like a walled-in area, like some kind of a, a barricade's been put up, like a picket fence. Using all the debris around. Here. No, actually, oh. looking like it's some kind of metal or something like that. Same material they brought with them. Probably. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and you can see people. 
hundreds of oh, people. Hey, they're hey, literally, hey, they're, hey. they're actually, I mean, it's really just like a wall, a steel wall. It, 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 you ask, you think that maybe they just took a piece of steel or whatever from their ship mm-hmm. and just, you know, curled it in a shape, stuck it into the wall and people are inside of it. Uh-huh. And like, you know, they'd have to climb out of this thing and it's like, you know, maybe, you know, again, another 20 foot tall wall. They'd have mm-hmm. to climb out, but it looks like it's sheer smooth steel. Hmm. And um, the uh, and so it's not like a chain link fence sort of thing. No, it's mm-hmm. it's it's like it's actually like a piece of 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 it's like steel that's been like cut with like little grooves so it bends. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's that's why so it's like a picket, but so it's it's bent, but it's and it's stuck into the wall. Right. Now you might wonder why aren't people trying to climb out. Right, we are and, and escape. So smooth, they can't get. Well, they could climb the. They could try to climb the wall of the, mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. thing. The problem is, like I was just telling you about, is is that over there the wall is almost completely sheer straight. Mm-hmm. So basically, this the, these things, these digging machines, have basically went over there and just smoothed the wall nice and straight over there, and now that they, they'd have to climb up a sheer wall, and then on the, other, on the outer side they've got this twenty foot tall piece of sheer metal. And and they're just kind of stuck. It's mm-hmm. also possible the air in here is not so great with all the stuff that's going on with the machinery and whatever, because yeah. um, you can see you know a lot of steam happening and such that maybe these people are also having some respiratory issues. Mm-hmm. You know, they possibly took damage as a result of their fleeing and all the stuff that was happening. But you can see at least a couple hundred people that are in this this thing. Okay. Even though it's pretty much a smooth, solid wall of steel, it's flexible. Well, you can see it from the top because you're looking oh, down. Okay. Now, like I said, the wall itself right now isn't entirely smooth, but you can see that the bottom half, at least the last 40 feet to the bottom, has been made nice and sheer. It looks mm-hmm. like they're working. It looks like this thing is working its way out, you know, mm-hmm. making it wider and sheer. Yeah. Like they're they're intentionally trying to keep anybody from coming into it. Mm-hmm. But the, these walkers, like I said, these walkers are a hundred foot tall, and so the bottom to the to the sur- top of the surface is only like maybe fifty feet. So a walker could could step out of this fairly easily. Right. Okay. So. Anyways, so so at this point you can climb down fairly easily for about uh uh. About ten feet. Yeah. Okay. There it, might be a chance of someone escaping when that walker's leg is inside. Some people could manage to grab onto the leg or yeah. climb up onto it, and then when the leg went over and out of it, they, that would be pretty risky, and they'd probably be killed by one of those heat rays for trying to escape anyway. Yeah, it's possible. Um, anyways, but the fact is, there are no walkers in here mm-hmm. right now. There are no tripods. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of other machines that are moving around and doing stuff. Right. Okay. So what? Uh, so uh, I'm saying is that you can climb down fairly easily, but then there's a drop off. Yeah. So uh, as far as you know, dropping off doesn't hurt you, but there's a good chance of you ending up inside solid matter, and it can be disorienting, and you can end up like literally swimming in the wrong direction and getting lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's, there's, you know, there's been a couple of cases where people literally have never come back to the surface. They apparently got lost, panicked, swam in the wrong direction, and could never figure out how to get themselves out. Mm-hmm. They just kept swimming to the center of the world or something. Right. Yeah. Right. So. 
And in that case, their physical body uh, near the portal entrance would just stay suspended and they just never wake up. Yeah, their body is not outside the portal. Their body, oh. they literally, they walk through the portal. Okay. Their body is basically disappears is somewhere in the system. Oh, okay. And it reappears when they walk back oh, through the I portal. See. Oh, okay. So their body is in stasis somewhere yeah. for the rest of time until someone can yeah. find them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. So you're welcome to jump off the side. You can try to climb down the side. Okay. Or you can try something else. I mean, you could try to come down closer to where the, um, I mean, well, there's a lot of things you could do. You could, I mean, well, you tell me what you think you okay. should do. Well, I was going to say, I can't see um, a, a purposeful reason to do any of that because I'm immaterial anyway. So there's no way I can help these people escape. I mean, no, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about helping those people escape. I'm talking about you just getting down to the surface of the of the ground of the in, inside the chamber of the crater. Of the, oh, I see. Oh, okay. Um. All right. Well, I'm I'm still gonna gonna try it, and um. Uh, let's see. And, you know, with the climbing skill to try and keep my best purchase to keep from having any large amounts of falls where I'll be traveling so fast I might, you know, like you said, end up inside the matter of this and get lost and disoriented. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, if Sakura wants to, as I suggest, perhaps go over to that machine that appears to have a possible Martian in it, get a better idea of that. Okay. So... You're going to try to climb down. Yeah. Okay. So you, when you get to this sheer wall, you need to make a climbing check. Mm-hmm. And it will be difficult. And by the way, you can have another Benny for having reached the top of the thing and advancing the plot. Okay. Thank you. Um, but now, as I understand, th- this is a different um, marsh machine than the one that was glowing that I saw was initially. This isn't the same one. This is a different one. Okay. I told you that there were the walkers that were outside marauding around. Mm-hmm. There's this mechanical kind of of a machine that's going around, and it's, it's actually changing this, the interior surface yeah, of right. the crater. There's another machine that seems to be moving around and doing stuff with tentacles and things. Um, and it seems to have a place on it where there might be a, like a dome on it where there might be an operator visible within. And then there's this other thing, which is the huge, uh, cylinder. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's open, but you really can't, I mean, there's a lot of stuff inside there. Mm-hmm. It's a little too busy for you to say, oh, well, then that's the whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, um, anyways, you don't, uh, so well, that's. What I'm saying is that before I cross the river, you know, like back when I was at that, um, that that you know where I heard that briefing, for example, and I could see off in the distance where that glow was coming from, and that seemed to coincide with the same spot where that big question mark was in that command post. Uh-huh. The place where I am now does that is that place a second site with mm-hmm. one of these cylinders? No, this is this, oh, is, oh, this is the site the where line. the cylinder landed. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. you've reached the cylinder location. Oh, okay. That was the whole point. All right. Well, I thought here. maybe I, did, I had discovered a second one that they hadn't noticed. Yet. No, no. This is this is the place where all the light was coming from. Okay. That um, that you thought would be, you know. 
so all right let me since you just put these here let me just take a few minutes to read over these cards and get a basic idea of okay so you failed on your check and you plummet down and disappear into the rock floor of the cave of the crater okay you're immediately blinded because you can't see anything in the rock because light doesn't travel through mm-hmm. the rock uh, though, However, this kind of thing, being debris mostly, means it's, there's a lot of air gaps, so that means it's not like the solid piece that I went into, so therefore there's more chance that I'll see light in particular direction than the other direction, so I can just follow where there seems to be more light as I move around and I see little spots, more spots of light in particular direction, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so that means you want to make a... a uh, you want, to, you want to make a perception check to see where there might be more light, where there might be some light that you could try to follow to the surface? Right, yeah. Okay, then. Go ahead and make your perception check. Because mm-hmm. I would think that it would be more easy in this circumstance that would, let's say, if I fell into a solid piece of wood, for example, that no light would penetrate. That's the sort of thing I was... Uh, Okay, so a notice check. Right, notice. Seven. Okay, a seven will be successful. Uh, In fact, it isn't like you suggested, okay, the bottom of this thing is pretty glassy, okay? So there is a lot of distortions of light, refractions of light, okay? It's it's, because of the gray heat, of of the of the arrival. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. basically slagged the whole bottom of the cat of the cavern. Okay, mm, uh, of, yeah. of this this crater. All right. So, but you were able to still you know be able to see that light did come in a general direction, and so you're going to come up somewhere, not mm-hmm. in your original location, of course, probably, but another location. And I'm going to go and figure out where you came up, uh-huh. which is going to be one. One. Okay, so you come up basically on the far left corner, um, meaning um, if you if, if if the top is north, okay, you're coming up on the far left corner of it, okay, which would then place you as uh, uh, as far away from the holding thing of people as possible, and um, and the uh, and and you're basically relatively close to that machine that was working. Okay, that that, that the ones like the, the one you think has got it. No, not the, oh. the, the ro- robots are moving around and doing stuff. Yeah, but this is the one that seems to be working on something. Okay, right. and you're and you're also on the old, completely on the other side of the crater is that is that um, cylinder that is basically being dismantled and stuff's being taken out of and there's still stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So so I'm on the opposite side of both the people pen and the cylindrical. Right. Print. Okay. Sakura does succeed in climbing down because I made an amazing roll. And she's actually now uh, a, a, a fairly great distance away from you. She's, uh, you know, she's, she's about three, uh, 400 feet away from you coming down on the, the, the bottom more toward the bottom left side of the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
and she's standing down there, and you're basically pop up in the in the far right away from her. She's looking around for you, and she doesn't see you. So she took some time to basically look around to see if she could find you, but you didn't show up, and then all of a sudden you pop up and away from her. You didn't come back up to where you were. Okay. Okay, so you're now at a distance away from her. She, like, waves at you. Okay. Okay. Is uh, is there any way for her to tell? I mean, you're, you're kind of far away for you guys to talk to each other at this it's, point. Yeah. So my question is, are you going to go in a direction at this point, or... Or are you going to try to rendezvous with her, basically backtrack? Or what are you going to do? Uh, well, first off, um, you know, I'll go, I'll wave back at her. To tr- so hopefully she might tell that, yes, I, you know, I'm okay. And she I- does see you. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But and, like I said, she's like 400 feet away from you. Yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. like a little bit more, a little bit more, another qu- third of the way further than a football field. Mm-hmm. So it's a big place in here. Yeah. It's a really big, you know, crater. Mm-hmm. Basically took out most of the downtown area of, of Boston. Okay. So now um, um, the, 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 the robot that seems to be working on stuff and things like that, is that the one that, uh, that we thought or she thought might have a yes. Martian in it? Yeah, that's the one closest to you. Oh, to me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're up in the top left, and it's in the kind of the middle. Yeah, middle top. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't I didn't make any reference to where it was to you, but it's in the middle top, so you're actually, <clears throat> you know, closest to it. Okay, and she's the one that's closer either to the people pin or to the cylindrical. Uh, you're both equal distance to the cylindrical object, but she's uh, closest to the people pin. Uh huh. Okay. Well then, I'll go ahead and um, and go toward the, uh, the the working machine that seems to have a Martian in it, and and maybe she'll see I'm going toward that simply because it's closest and trying to conserve as, as much time as practical. Okay. Well, in that case, a change in that case, she's going to go and, and head over toward the people pen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she's going to try to do what you know, and so you'll you'll. You'll definitely reach the, the mechanical device first while she's still mm-hmm. traveling across. Okay. okay. And you see this thing. So you can do see that there's definitely some kind of an operator inside of it. Okay. And it is a large, um, ugly to you, um, monstrosity there with tentacles and it looks like it's got like a big brain and it seems to be in a kind of a tank of, you know, it looks like it's in a bubble of some kind. Okay. There's a, the, the top bubble part? Yeah, the bubble itself seems to be filled with liquid. Okay. Okay. And it's uh it's in some kind of a tank. Okay. And um now make a knowledge um medicine, knowledge, science, knowledge, biology, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh oh. Well, one and a three. So. Okay, that's not going to be successful. Yeah, Do you want to spend another Benny? All right. Okay, so all right, go ahead. No, no, go right ahead. I'm sorry, it's not a guaranteed thing. Okay, seven. No worse. No, it's no, a seven. No, is How that is, is it? Is, is this that, is a one. It's a one. It's a two. Oh. I did worse. You did worse. Okay, so. Nothing, nothing, you see nothing important, important unless you deduce it yourself. Okay, so it's, it's pulling levers and things like that. Yeah. And it's busy making something. 
Okay. Okay, it looks like it's making... Making something out of the debris. Well, not out of the debris. It's making it out of the ship. Oh, okay. It looks like it's constructing something kind of uh, manta-shaped. Okay, and a a manta is one of those sea creatures that looks kind of wide and has those big... um, Loppy wings. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. So it's putting together something... That's big and wide and kind mm-hmm. of kind of archy shaped, you know, arching on the bottom and the top. Okay. And so it's working on that. Okay. It seems to be working very well. I mean, it's basically the tentacles are coming out. It's putting pieces together. It's going. It's you know, it looks like it's got a bunch of pieces on on it. It's taking out and putting in and working. Mm-hmm. You know, and it seems to be working very efficiently. I mean, there doesn't seem to be any wasted motion. Hmm. Just okay. you know, part. It's like when you watch those speed drawings on YouTube, uh-huh. and like the guy just seems to do this, 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 this and the gets drawing comes out, and you're like, man, it's like he never makes a mistake, and he does it so fast. Well, this thing's doing the same mm-hmm. thing. It's constructing this thing at a very rapid pace. You have no idea how much it's going to take to construct it. Yeah. But you're you're assuming that that whatever he's trying to make would probably be available within an hour or two. Mm-hmm. I mean, assuming unless there's some part that's going to slow him down. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's working. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, he doesn't. Are you going to keep watching it uh, for another five to ten minutes? Yeah. Okay. So soccer goes over. It goes over to the wall, the big, you know, metal wall. Yeah. And you see her. Well, you you don't you may not see her, but anyways, the point right. is that she goes. She gets in, inside. goes inside. She's going to be doing some stuff in there. You're continuing to watch. Okay. Okay. After about five minutes, he's put on all the pieces. He goes back over the cylinder. He starts pulling out more pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you going to follow him over there? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, how does how does this differ from the uh, from the tripod, or is it pretty much? It's the not same? shaped at all the same way. Oh, okay. But it does. But the central body of it, where the alien is, is like a, maybe fifty. I mean, it is a, a significant uh, degree high in the air, and it's got like the uh, legs that come out and it walks on. Yeah, similar to the tripod in that regard. No, no, it actually has shorter, oh. uh, more insectile type legs, just oh, like okay. the just like the 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 the, uh, the ones that are like the Earth movers. Oh. Okay. And um and it, it it climbs it can climb over it has like perfect you know balance and perfect you know mm-hmm. connection it's like you know it never loses it never seems to be unbalanced in any yeah. way so it literally can climb all over things and sideways and just get any angle it needs to mm-hmm. you know and it, it has um you know manipulative members on it that actually can lift parts but I mean it doesn't at this point it doesn't seem to be like lifting part of it but yeah. it seems to be able to get inside. Literally crawl into the central opening and put stuff in and work inside of it and then back out. So probably a limitation on the so- on the way the ship is, well, whatever this device is, you know, is it's got to be have an opening in the center big enough for this thing construction thing to get inside and work inside yeah. and then back out. So you know, it's it's you know, so okay. it's it's working on it. And yeah. like I said, so it goes over and grabs stuff out of and is pulling things out of apparently places that they were attached. Mm-hmm. As in, like storage. So apparently, this is planned. What mm-hmm. it's making was part of the original plan. Yeah. It's it was pre-made. It's assembling it here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, uh, did did you say you were following it over? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Make another nose check. No, no, no. Oh, excuse me. I'll get another one. Thank you. Okay, that's okay. a four. Right. Okay. You notice over on the cylinder, there does seem to be uh, a place where there seems to be a large, another bubble that's actually kind of built in almost the center of it. And you can see inside there, there seems to be somebody who is moving around. Something's moving around inside. And you see this thing bob over and you see this, this, another one of these kind of critters, but he's kind of like in an arm, uh, 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 in a chair of some kind that's actually in like a, on a, on a mechanical manipulative arm. It's moving around inside the bubble and comes over and, and he looks out. Okay. And then he, and, he, and he, uh, apparently looking over at the, uh, at the thing that's working and then, and then just, and then, and then pulls back and goes off and does something else. Okay. So you can see something that is basically came out, came out to the edge of the bubble, took a peek at what, uh, what was going on outside. And from this bubble, it looks like he's pretty much see everything except maybe the bottom edge, closest edge of the, um, um, of, of where all the, the people are in the, in the, in the pen. Everything else he can probably see all the way around. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't see behind him on the top of the ship. Okay. Okay. He can, you know, where the cylinder is. Okay. But he can, you know, but it's like, a, it's a, it's a dome thing. It's a bubble and he's got a lot of it out sticking out. Right. So he can see a lot, you know, by coming and looking in this direction or another. But there's things to be things inside the ships, the, the, the ship as in the cylinder that he seems to be doing stuff. And certainly this arm is attached to something inside of the cylinder. Yeah. Because right. it was moving him around uh-huh. inside of that. And again, it looks a lot to you like it's some kind of a, the ball is filled with liquid, not with air. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So you, you see that. And then of course this thing work goes back over to what it's working on mm-hmm. and proceeds to do some more work. So, so far we, uh, we've seen what, appear, or at least uh, I've seen, or Phil has seen what appears to look like two of the Martians that we've identified. You've, you've seen two things that you're basically considered to be Martians. Right. I mean, they are ugly, tentacly, you know, uh, you didn't roll well enough for me to give you any real sure. specifics on their biology. Yeah. But, I mean, they basically look like a monstrous, right. tentacle, amoebic type of creature. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they seem to be, you know, lay, you know, uh, inside of some kind of a container that's holding their yeah. mass and they seem to be controlling things that yeah. are then slave to manipulative members on the outside. So the guy you saw on the arm, the only thing you see that he would have had some control over would have been the arm because it moved him around. But at the same time, there might be other, there's other manipulative things coming out from this chair that might be doing other things inside this, this, this globe that you're not seeing well inside of mm-hmm. because it seems to be dark inside. So you don't have like dark vision. You know, I mean, you, this does, you know, this, this ghost thing does not give you the ability to see an infrared or anything like that. And so outside it's really, really bright. And inside the dome, it seems to be dark. And so therefore, whatever's going on in there, you're not seeing it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just too dark. But it was bright enough that through the through the dome thing, we we can tell that there's a vague shape. Of right. Well, when he water. came out to the edge, or it, I mean yeah. him. I'm using you know. Right. I'm using the the assumed male yeah. pronoun, but yeah, I'm saying right. when he came out to the edge, it was literally looking around. You could easily see it. It was being illuminated right. by all the lights mm-hmm. that are out there, okay. and it you know probably you know. Uh, Again, you know, it maybe it didn't like the light. Maybe it was distressing. I didn't think about actually lowering, dimming the light out there. Um, you know, I, would it do that? Probably not. It's, you know, just, just basically, uh, it, it kind of looks around and then goes back to what mm-hmm. it was doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it just basically disappears into the murk, right. into the darkness. It could just be shade. I mean, you don't know. I mean, there, maybe there's murkiness in there. Maybe it's just the way that the light mm-hmm. is shining in the side of the crater that it's just not getting in there. You know, maybe that's intentional. You don't know. Well, um, another thing that immediately comes to mind is the how much of the physiology of, of vision do I have in ghost mode? Like, for example, if you know, if it was at night and we turned off the lights and it was it was quite dark in here, all of a sudden. Would in ghost mode it take the same amount of time for my eyes to adjust to the darkened level and, and you know, I'd have to wait a few minutes? It for... wouldn't. It would instantly okay. happen. Oh, right. You basically have the, a certain level of perception. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you don't have dark, you don't have dark vision to like total blackness. Right. Okay. Yeah. You have basically light, the ability to see in dim light to bright light. Mm-hmm. Normal human vision. Okay. Right. You don't have the, you know, if, if, if this was the middle of the night and you know, you would not become dark adapted. You would probably not see very well at night. But you'd still be able to see well enough to probably move around unless you were in really, really dark area, in which case you'd be blind. Mm-hmm. Okay? So then, in other words, how our eyes adapt when it's in a very dim and we start to see a little better after a minute or two? Yeah, they don't. That would not happen in ghost mode. No. I'm just, okay. Yeah, you either get more detail or less detail, mm-hmm. okay, depending upon how much light there is. Okay. All right, well, I'm still going to take, um, let's say, maybe 10 minutes to, to walk around inside the cylinder and, and kind of make a, an overview sketch of uh, the more critical areas and, okay. um, you know, basically just to, to get a tactical reconnaissance of the sorts of things that this alien ship has inside of it and what might be useful in terms of, you know, exploiting it when we come in and regular physical form. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. So you go and look around there. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, two perception checks at this point. Um, okay. You want me to roll? Yeah. Two, two okay. notice checks. All right. Okay. Not, not, I mean, roll them separately. So. Yeah. Okay. Cause you're basically taking some time to look mm-hmm. at some stuff. All right. Trying to figure some stuff out. Or, Okay, so, all right. So you do see some some more of these, um, uh, you see some more of these, like, dome kind of things. And you see they're attached to kind of a, a, a housing, like there's a dome attached to a, a piece of metal, okay, like it's holding the dome, the little, you know, and inside of it, it and, and, and the outside of it 
is frosted, like it's like it's condensing, you know, moisture. Like it's really cold. Like it's really cold. And inside, you can actually see what looks to be another one of these figures, but you don't see it move. Hmm, maybe that's some kind of stasis pod. And there seems to be a bunch of these. Oh, okay. Okay. The other thing is that toward the toward the the part of the ship that doesn't um, uh, that had the part that I talked about where it was kind of like the end of it was kind of funky, mm-hmm. like you know, like something might come off of it. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a large unit down there. There's a large mechanism. Um, I don't want to use the word mechanism. Uh, there's a large um, there's a large object that has um, a number of wires on it and pipes on it and um, and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that there is um, things on the outside that you that you on the outside uh, that you swear looks like where you might attach a pipe. Okay, um, there there seems to be glowing lights attached to it. Uh, there actually does seem to be. Um, some kinds of displays of, of of strange characters, okay, and um, but you you don't understand what they mean. Another time when a video camera recording a few minutes is be invaluable, I bet. Oh well. Okay. Um, there's they're kind of I don't want to use the word pictograms, but there's there's complex. Mm-hmm. So it looks like there's some kind of written written uh, language. Yeah. I mean, it's to you, it's very obvious this is some kind of a written language. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's it's mixed in with other symbols and things. It's kind of like a alphabet soup. Yeah. But to you, it's to you, it says this is some kind of display panel. Yeah. Right. I just don't understand what I'm mm-hmm. seeing. Exactly. All right. So um, the uh, but when you look at it and you see everything else and you see where the wires are going and other things like that, you get the impression that this is the power source mm. of the of the cylinder and possibly everything else that's around it. Yeah. Okay. Not only the power source, it could very likely be the equivalent of the Martian Central computer for the for their spaceship for the cylinder spaceship well that could be in there too but your impression looking mm-hmm. at this is you think that this is some kind of a power source yeah because of the big wires that are coming out of it and just your experience with with you know right large powerful pieces of of, mm-hmm. of power generating equipment which you would know be working at cern okay that this to you is you're saying this is probably some kind of a generator. It could be it could be nuclear. It could be you know um, I don't know magic goo. It could be something. It could be like a gigantic battery for mm-hmm. all you know that these things are running off of. Mm-hmm. But you think it's something you know, and you're not sure what else it might be doing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, how it's transmitting the power or what it's doing with it. You're not quite mm-hmm. sure about that. 
but I'm just saying, is it to you? This is like, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is, you know, it's just too big and too obviously massive to be mm-hmm. these other things that they're making. It, it doesn't look like it's meant to, to be taken away. It's meant to, I mean, it's done. This thing is done. Okay. It's not being constructed in anything or whatever. It looks like it's built into yeah. the, you know, um, to the, to the cylinder and like it was always supposed to be there mm-hmm. and it's supposed to, and it's supposed to do stuff while right. it's there. And you just kind of go to yourself and say, you know, this is, looks like some kind of power supply to you. Yeah. You know, and, and who knows how much power it produces. Yeah. Or what kind of power it produces and all the rest. Mm-hmm. That's stuff to you to discover, but it's like there is something. I mean, if you, if you, if you wanted to tell somebody a part to attack to yeah, you, right. this would be the place you'd go and say, because if they don't have power, it doesn't matter how dangerous they are. They can't do squat mm-hmm. unless, of course, their vehicles or whatever have their own internal yeah. reserve of power mm-hmm. that they don't need this. Yeah. And of course, there's no reason to think that the, um, the walkers, you know, that would, would need this power supply. I mean, right. you know, it may just be powering what they're doing in here. Yeah, right. right. But anyways, the point still is, is that the one thing you do, you do notice is that there doesn't seem to be any wires going from this to any of the walker, you know, any of the, 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 the kind of assembler kind of device or any of those ones that are working on the walls or even the light things that are little pods sitting around illuminating the place. None of those seem to have any wires connected to them. Mm-hmm. But they're still against the walls. Well, the, the little assembler walked across the floor and went over and got some stuff and came right. back. And the, and, the, and the ones that are on the walls are walking on the walls, but then they're coming down and they're grinding away at, at the wall and making it bigger and tossing more over the side and making it, you know, making that outside part ever higher and ever wider. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not making it bigger, 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 bigger. It's actually making it just sheer. Mm-hmm. It's basically, it's, it is making it bigger. But I'm just yeah. saying is that uh, if it keeps going the way it's going, ultimately you're going to end up with a straight wall from the edge straight down and the inside will be considerably bigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm just saying is it doesn't, at this point, look like it's making it deeper. But it may be. Who knows? I mean, they may have dug holes and, and other stuff down there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they, they, you don't know yet. Okay, and um, I mean, right now they seem to be just widening the crater. Uh huh. Okay, so so let's say there's a tube, and just for saying, not thinking of anything else right off the moment here, let's say that that tube, uh, you know, a metal pipe, let's say, is carrying like molten lava or something like that, and then in, I'm in ghost mode, and I stick my head through slowly through the pipe. Then um, that wouldn't cause me any harm. I would, I would actually just for a moment as I was passing through, I would see the bright flow of lava in my vision going toward me, and then as I move my head, then I'd be outside the pipe. It's more likely that what would happen is, is that because we're talking molten lava, which is a fairly dense substance, uh-huh. okay, that it would literally go and push your head out. It would basically push your head to the side. Uh-huh. And then your head, because you're still connected to your body, yeah. would just rotate out. You get a glimpse of something. Yeah. Okay. And you could try to hold your head that you could put your head in and hold mm-hmm. it there, but you'd actually exert a sense of force uh-huh. about it, you know. And, and yeah. so you could theoretically, your hands might go through at that point. You might spin around. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, you, you'd, you'd have to do an agility check. 
Oh, okay. okay. So in that example, then, if I did it with my hand, let's say, my hand, I'd have to press against the pipe surface to go through the pipe surface. Right. But then with the lava, okay, I'd have to press a, a good bit harder to have my hand go through the lava that was going through the pipe. No, the and lava would like, be less dense than the pipe. Oh, okay. Because it's liquid. Yeah, okay. Oh, but okay. I'm saying is that it would still be pushing on your hand. Yeah. So in a sense, you would have a sense. You have a sensation of going in this direction, oh, okay? okay? And and the most common thing would be just for your hand to move out mm-hmm. side of the pipe, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, you know, it's you, you. If it's really moving fast, therefore a lot of velocity, yeah. you know, then it might actually push you further down the pipe, mm-hmm. okay? It would be like streaming past your hand at yeah. that point because your hand pushing against the pipe itself would cause resistance. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just saying is it's, it's yeah. and you would get that flash of light because you know lo, uh, lava at, at a certain temperature is luminous. Right. I'm not quite sure what you'd see. It mostly would be just big red yeah, everywhere. Right. Is all you, yeah. It wouldn't actually illuminate anything because the lava itself probably wouldn't be transparent. Are you recording? Yes. Whatever you were going to say. Soon. Forty-five minutes, maybe. So anyway, okay, I was just trying to, because what I wanted to do is I wanted to go ahead and stick my head in a few different parts of this machine just to get an idea of what I might see. I might see something that might be of value, probably not, but I thought I'd try that. Okay, all right. Oh, but another question with the same thing. Let's say there's some kind of... Uh, alien containment wall somewhere in this ship, let's say that was, you know, maybe this thick or something, and I stuck my head through it, but I stopped my head when I was like, you know, like about what I might guess would be the center of it. Would I be able to discern the um, uh, the material, you know, the, the not the surface of it, but, you know, like kind of like what how it's made, you know, like, for example, if it had, if it had little uh, pockets, Made of a material, they had little pock marks. Would I see? In other words, for example, I'm, I'm not describing this very well. If that wall was sectioned and you could see a cross section of the inside of it, would that have, be how I'd see it if I pushed my head through it? Okay. First of all, you you wouldn't necessarily see anything because unless there's light in there, you can't oh, see okay. anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. But however, the different densities of the material would mean that you would have more and less resistance as mm-hmm. you went through it. So you could kind of get a sense of how what it was made out of, whether okay. it was one piece solid or whether it was, you know, kind of, uh, 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 you know, how how thick it was. And if there's mm-hmm. like a cross beam, and you put your head through a cross beam, then you would kind of see feel a sensation on you, on you, like right. you, there's resistance right here. There's not as much resistance uh, on on the lower and upper part of my face if it went across my face. Oh. So you could get a sense that there is a like a beam inside. Mm-hmm. There, you, 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 and of course, if you put your head through and there's actually like empty space, then the fact that once your head goes through that layer, you're now in empty space, you would feel the lack of resistance mm-hmm. and that would tell you okay. that there's empty space. Now, whether that, if that empty space was, was filled with argon, whether it was filled with something else, you probably wouldn't be able to tell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between gasoline probably and uh, and water yeah. or oil mm-hmm. and water because they have about the same thickness, right. you know, unless of course it's like tar, in which mm-hmm. case it would be hard to go through tar. So, you know, you're, you're able to do a certain amount of feely, touchy kind of stuff. 
Right. You know, but it's not going to tell you, you know, unless you can actually see what it is, yeah. it's probably not going to inform you to a high level of information. Right, right. Okay, so I go ahead and proceed to uh, actually I'm going to stick my head and I'll also, uh, you know, like stick my hands and, and go feel around like this to get right. an idea of what's inside of it to whatever extent I can. Okay, all right. Um, all right, so in one place you find something that, that, that seems to be moving your, you know, pushing your hand around, mm -hmm. you know, and you basically think that this is probably a, where a pump is, okay? And then there's another place where it seems to be like a big empty space, but you're not sure what's in it, mm -hmm. okay? Because uh, it's also dark in there. And then there's other places where it seems to be doing some other stuff, okay? Um, you know, you, I'm assuming you're just staying at the bottom um, rather than trying to climb up like 30, 40 feet to the top yeah. of the cylinder. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So, um, it's, so I'm just saying you find stuff. So you think that you know there's probably some an empty air an area in here where maybe there's a tank and maybe there's a pump mm -hmm. and there's certainly plenty of things that seem like wires. But so again, it's a mechanism of some kind. You're not quite sure what it's doing. Mm -hmm. But again, you look at it and you're like, well, you know, I mean, that could be a fuel tank. That could be something that draws the fuel tank to some other location. I'm not quite sure where things are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's right. doing something. It's not yeah. sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. It's definitely doing something. Mm -hmm. And if there's a tank, that means there's something that has to be filled. Right. And, you know, so there may be a limit to what this thing can do. So I think what I'm going to do is one area near the bottom where I'm standing, I'm going to do that thing. And then I'm going to go to sort of the other side of it, you know, walk to the other end of it a little bit uh, ways um, and do the same thing and see if that's kind of the same sort of. Okay. Thing. Well, the other end of it is basically the, is the other end of the, of the cylinder. And it looks like that's where they've been taking stuff out of. Right. There's a lot of places where it looks like equipment was. Yeah. Like there's, there's like parts of it that look like they things were attached to it and clamps and stuff mm -hmm. and wire and like wires like like cables are hanging mm -hmm. free and there's not stuff there. So you know you think that maybe the um uh that maybe the the tripods were probably at the at the top of the ship. Yeah. Or I should say the other end of the ship where the thing that you mm -hmm. think might be a power supply. Okay. Yeah. You know, that, that was probably where all those walk, those, those tripods were because mm -hmm. it's empty. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's more. So it seems like it's working its way from the top down toward the middle and maybe to the bottom. Mm -hmm. The middle, however, may be something else. You're not quite sure what it is because that's where you had that big lobe thing that I said that something was inside it. Right. So, you know. But every, but looking around inside of it, it, it doesn't look like anything is like, and maybe maybe the thing at the bottom is really firmly firmly attached. It looks like everything could possibly be disassembled in some way. Mm -hmm. So it looks like they're literally taking apart the cylinder and turning it into what they're using it for. Mm -hmm. So okay. Um, then also the, this big um, uh, what I'm seeing like a power supply. Then with all the two. I'm going to try and go, if it's easy, to well, not too difficult, if I, without too much trouble, if I can climb to more or less the top of it 
preferably the part that's uh, the top of it above where I saw all those different like pictograms or symbols or what I thought might be letters, for example. Yeah. And uh, well, first of all, see what it looks like on the top if I can if I can get up that far. Uh, but then also to once again stick my head and my hands in there and feel around and, and get an idea of what that part of it's like. Okay. So those two different things. All right. So um, you need to make another climb check. Okay. Three. Three. Okay, so you fail and fall down off of this and plunge through deep, uh, plunge through, it, through the floor. Okay, but what happens is, is that just before that happens, Sakura, who's come back through the wall, rolls an 11 and catches you. Oh, okay. Now I said when I was going to climb it, if it's if it's more or less easy to climb up. Yeah, like but you failed. Hand. Oh, well, okay. Failed. So that means, you know. All right, well. And you're almost immaterial. So yeah. everything is kind of, you know, is, I mean, you know, you're you're literally. Right, so I try and get a handhold. It's very easy to, for my. It's literally slippery. Okay. Slightly slippery, yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything is slightly slippery to you. Right, so, okay. All right, so, I mean, it's like walking on ice. Okay. As long as you walk carefully, you have no trouble. As long as you curve your hand around mm -hmm. things, you can get pressure and, and do it. But, you know, you something happened, you know, your foot slipped, you right. twisted the wrong way, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you went, ah! And it wouldn't have hurt you, but you could, again, you could always get lost right. doing that. Mm -hmm. So you didn't actually succeed at that. And Sakura basically caught you and grabbed onto you and, and basically fell flat, so her body would also yeah. hit. And so... Together, the two of you kept your body from actually plunging all the way through. Mm -hmm. And so she was able to stand up and pull you back up okay. under your feet. All right. She Thank said, you, Sakura. She says, okay, there's there's some really sad, unhappy people in there. Oh, I have no doubt. They, um, you know, they're, they're being eaten by these creatures. Mm. There's, um, there's, you know, there, there's that, that, uh, uh, there's a device, apparently that that it's like like one of those like either that assembler or one of those those uh, driller type things or whatever maybe something else. And it literally comes over and it just like has a proboscis and it plunges mm. into them and just starts sucking away at them. Mm. And um, and they can't hurt it. It's just you know. Yeah. It, it, but it doesn't it it doesn't seem to have an operator. Mm -hmm. It just so I think it's another one of those robots, right? But I we don't see it out there right now, so maybe it's back, you know, maybe maybe it's back inside the mm -hmm. the um, cylinder, right? Okay. Uh, it seems like there's a good chance that that might well be the uh, the energy, or at least one of the energy sources that actually is going into. This control power supply mechanism that you just saved me from falling off of. You want me to try and help that man to go up to the ramp or something? Or... All right, so I uh, try and succinctly relate to uh, Sakura what I've seen um, in here and about that this appears to be a main power supply or the power supply for this large ship and maybe also a control center. Um, 
and that the one other thing that I wanted to do is uh, when the dome, uh, translucent dome that looks like it has the alien, I was going to also want to stick my head in there and try and get a better idea perhaps of the Martian's uh, physiology that might be uh, important. And then perhaps we should perhaps try and, and leave this unless you have any further ideas of things to do reconnaissance with. Okay. Um, all right. So you're going to try to climb up to the dome, to the big bubble. Yeah, one of them where it's on the outside where it's well illuminated and I can see inside better the, the Martian's physiology. So you want to climb up on top of the actual cylinder? Um, or that, um, that, that ro walking robot-like thing that has all the little like insect legs that has the dome on top because that might be the easiest to get up on top of and also be well illuminated by the light outside. Okay, so, well, yeah, it's over there working on that mm -hmm. thing, that thing that I told you look like a mantis. Yep. Okay, so you go over to that, okay, and climb up on it. Mm -hmm. Just make a dexterity check. Mm hmm Because it's moving, so right. it's a, there's a chance of you getting thrown off of it. Mm-hmm. Your dexterity, agility. Oh, I was going to say D eight. Okay. okay, so you're successful. So you basically climb up onto this thing, and you know you just you know you just have to be sure it you know because if it if it's like moving a tentacle and it hits you, it's just basically going to bowl you over. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. or it's going to go through you and it's going to shake you. you yeah. Know? Uh, and, uh, but you climb up on top of it, you mm -hmm. know, and you can see, you know, climb through the parts that's got up there that's assembling and, and you basically get over to where the head is, or I mean, the bubble, I should yeah. say. And inside you can see this creature. And mm -hmm. looking inside there, you can see that, um, it's, um, uh, it looks like it's got, um, uh, you know, view screens. It's got mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of manipulators. It's got other things that are attached to its body. It looks really like, you know, this thing probably doesn't leave this bubble. Like it lives in this bubble. Mm. Okay. So, um, and it's, uh, um, and like I said, it's, it's busy doing stuff. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, and, and it's, it, mostly what you're seeing on it, it looks like it's, um, it's got you know certain information, but mostly what you're seeing is that it's it doesn't seem to like have like a diagram that is following. Mm -hmm. So either you know these these displays are are somehow a different kind of representation that you're not recognizing a diagram mm -hmm. that it's assembling, or it knows so well how to assemble this thing that it does it from memory. Right. Okay. So. Um, so what do displays look like? What does it look like? It looks like the other one that was down, you know. Oh, okay. It just has, you know, d stuff and, and, and some of these things change and it mm -hmm. does go and pull levers and push, push things that look like buttons or things like that and, and like the hands are doing stuff and, um, you know, some of them are, you know, are, are, are pushing things together and gripping other things and, you know, and, uh, at some point it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, things were, you know, might even be, you know, uh, welding stuff together. 
okay, with different apparatus. Probably it wouldn't weld. They probably have like a little narrow beam, like that, you know, that, that heat beam we were talking about, mm-hmm. and just basically things just go and get sealed together, like 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 one, you know, inside this bubble. No, not inside oh, the bubble. Oh, what is working on oh, okay. inside that Mantis type ship? Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean you're crouching way down because this thing is barely fitting inside and it's working its way basically to the sides and working its way out, filling this thing full of things. Okay, and it's leaving a central area empty, which is where it's at. But you also get the feeling like maybe something fits in there. This, you know, finally at the very center, there might be something else that fits in there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but it's it's just you know putting stuff in and. Um, as a matter of fact, is that uh, you see something that actually looks like it's it's constructing that thing that was like a power thing yeah. in the miniature, smaller. Oh. So it looks like it's putting something together that looks kind of like that. But right. it's You know, it's uh, um, it's just like taking a small version of that and you know, plugging it in and attaching to a few other things. But it mm-hmm. looks like it's a lot simpler. Like one of the things that you don't, uh, you don't see on it. You just see like one place where like a a pipe might go to, okay? Uh, and that seems to be go seems to be going down through to the bottom out, outside part of the ship, like a port. Okay. So it looks like there's a pipe that goes down to it. You know, it's not a very thick pipe, probably mm-hmm. about the size of a of a you know like a you know the drain pipe on your um, on your kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not huge. Okay. But it looks like something attaches to it, and that's important right. in some way. Okay. But and I mean, that's going to the outside of this crawling robot-like thing that, that its bubble is on top of. No, that's going oh. to the outside of this mantis-looking thing. Oh, okay. Okay. No, the thing the thing you're looking around now, the thing that's crawling around, it doesn't look like it has um, any kind of a... Uh, uh, of, of a device like that. I mean, it looks like just parts that are moving. You don't see anything that looks like a power supply at all for this thing. It just seems to be, you know, maybe some small, you know, boxes that seem to have, or, or globes that seem to have wires coming out of it, you know, and they just, and, and actuators and things moving. So you see no obvious power supply here unless it has a whole bunch of batteries in every location, like all over it. That maybe the, maybe those things are bat, pow, you know, batteries. You don't know. You don't see any or the tiny, teeny, tiny kind of power supplies. You're not quite sure what they are, but you don't see anything that looks like that. You don't see the thing that they just put into this ship because it's looking more and more like a ship mm-hmm. to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's looking. Uh, and I'll even give you a, a technology check on this mm. at this point because, like I said, you've been there for about a half hour now. So it's made some serious changes. Right, okay. Um, no, I don't have technology specifically. I have uh, repair. Um, I thought you had, like, knowledge, you know, technology of some kind. Uh, knowledge science, microbiology, and knowledge experimental uh, physics. Okay, now the, neither of those will really help you here. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, I'll let you make a repair check. Mm-hmm. Though it's not, you know, it's, it's not going to be a tremendously good one. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Let's see what you get. Oh, 
14. Okay. So, yeah, you thinking that this thing is is uh, is going to be some kind of aircraft. Oh, okay. So they're going to have... It's the John that would look like a... A Mantis. A Manta, right. Yeah, Mantis. Okay. So, like, it might be some kind of an aircraft, which means mm-hmm. they'll have the power... They'll have a, they'll have ascendancy in the air, too. Mm. So, you know, very shortly, they may... Those ships that are out there in the, in the, in the bay... They find themselves within range of those those heat mm-hmm. rays, right. or maybe something even worse, mm. or maybe a big cloud of black smoke falling down on their decks, mm-hmm. killing men, you know, like crazy because mm-hmm. they won't be expecting it. Right. Yeah. Or all those forces that are out there. I mean, you know, you can all, you know, they're 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 firing their guns, but this thing comes flying over. Yeah. They can't raise it up mm-hmm. high enough. They're not expecting anything to yeah. come in the sky, and they just mow down everything. Mm-hmm. So there's some serious, there's some serious smackdown coming if this thing is in fact an aircraft. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I think I've seen all the majority for the short term uh, that I can for now. So I'll go ahead and take my head back out of its living bubble or whatever, and, and climb back down and go meet up with uh, uh, Sakura. And relate to her in just a few sentences what I saw in, in there and, and about the alien physiology as much as I determined. Okay. And ask her, well, do you have any ideas of how you want to proceed or should we try and uh, leave this crater and uh, let the rest of Idet and the, uh, the, the Taze people know yeah. when we come out of this ghost? Okay. There does did seem to be a part on that particular constructing kind of thing. That seem to be pumping air through it, like atmosphere. Okay, are we talking about the giant power supply inside? No, no, I'm oh, talking about okay. the um, the the constructor device. Mm-hmm. They had the they had the one Martian inside of it. Yeah, there seemed to be some kind of a, of a section of it where it was literally pumping air through it. Oh, I mean, it's like air was coming in and 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 being blown out. Oh, okay. Okay. So, but. It did mostly, like when I saw my hand there, it did mostly appear, appear that my head was in fluid of some sort. No, I'm talking, you never did this. You never put your head through anything on the on the constructor device. I'm just telling you something about it that you noticed, that you hadn't noticed before, which is the fact there seems to be a part of it that seems to be pumping air through a, a, a device, a part mm-hmm. of it. You don't know what it does. Oh, Okay. All right. Well, my initial purpose was that uh, that that bubble on top that appeared to have the Martian yeah. in it, or what I assume it does Martian. have a Martian in it. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was I was talking about sticking my head through. Okay. The you stick your head through it. There is a liquid inside. It seems to be um, not very viscous. Okay. It seems it, it does have some viscosity to it, but it seems. To be easy, it, it, it's, it's, seems to be less viscous than water. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. But because it's illuminated from outside, I should be able to turn like, does it have, is it clear, a coloration? Does it seem to have like different, like particles suspended in it of some sort, or does it seem to be a perfectly uniform, um, 
seems to be perfectly uniform. Oh, okay. There aren't, you know, you don't see any particles suspended. In okay, it. and it, it doesn't have uh, any kind of particular shading to it? It seems to be pretty much transparent fluid as well? Um. Uh, I'm going to say yes. It, does. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems to be very transparent. Oh, okay. All right. And then the uh, the alien itself. Do I, I see any like I don't know? Actually, actually, I'll take it. I'll take it back. It's it. It seems to be. Um, it, it seems to be slightly murky. Uh huh. Oh, okay. All right. Do I see any kind of um, uh, features on the alien that that, that might I might recognize vaguely saying, I don't know, like gills, uh, facial features, a uh, head feature, uh, uh, any, I it's know, like heads, hand mechanisms. I mean, just looking at it, it seems like the head is proportionately larger than the rest of its body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it doesn't seem to have a cranium. Mm-hmm. just seems to have like an area that's probably, if the brain is there, it's just exposed. Uh, you can see, you know, like blood vessels, you know, pumping, coursing, you know, it's got big luminous eyes, and, you know, uh, actually they don't glow, they're just big eyes. Does um, he have like uh, pupils and iris like ours? I would say, no? I would say you can't tell that, oh, okay. uh, but what I would say is that they do seem to be larger than your eyes, Yeah. you know, probably cons- like, probably closer to owl sized eyes, which are mm-hmm. very large. Uh, it does have lots of tentacles, mm-hmm. which are connected to all along its body, yeah. and they all seem to be grabbing onto things, yeah. pulling things, and twisting things. And you know, it seems to you know just kind of be bobbing its head around. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. What about what might be like? I mean, is it, is it basically uh, shaped like us, like a human, like a top section and a bottom section, any feet, uh, midsection? Um, it does seem to have like some kind of a, a, a bottom section. It may be, you know, where it could possibly have some locomotion to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, it, but you know, I mean, it does have a, sec, a, a part of its body that looks like uh, it's like where its brain would be, where its mm-hmm. eyes are and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And it does seem to have something like a a mouth of some kind, mm-hmm. though you don't see any kind of teeth or anything, because right. its mouth is not open. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Lips, kind of, of sort. I wouldn't say so. Okay. I mean, you know, I would say like, you know, certainly a some kind of a strong tissue. I mean, you know, it's yeah. an orifice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so therefore it has to have some kind of sphincter to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you don't see anything like this pushed out like a human lips. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, you know, uh, there's no like mucosal membrane. Yeah. Okay. Um, it does seem to uh, have, you know, um, these uh, things that seem to be holding open these slits uh, in its, along its, its side of his face, they seem to be actually holding them open. So they're wider than normal. And you can see, you know, uh, you know, them fluttering, the edges of them fluttering. Like That's like, very similar to gills, isn't it? Maybe, but, but... Like when a fish opens the gills... And no, no, it's, it's being held oh. open. Oh, okay. Like, you know, some, like there's for some reason that would... You know, I can't, I can't tell you any more okay. than that. All but right. I'm just saying That's is that it, it is being, you know, so... And you, you, it seems to be fluttering like maybe liquid or because there's liquid here is blowing yeah, right. in and out of it. Yeah. 
So maybe it's a gill type thing or something. Mm-hmm. You don't see anything that looks like external gills or external lungs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Its body seems to be kind of sac-like, but at the same time, is it, it does seem to have some shape to it. Yeah, you know, it's not totally amoebic. It's more, you know, bumpy and and globby type things. It's it's more like a snail. Than anything else. Okay. And snails are pretty globby, but yeah. I'm saying, but they do have structure. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Anything on the sides of its uh, head, like ears, uh, does it seem to have any kind of neck of any sort? You don't see anything that looks like ears. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make a perception uh, check. Uh, notice. Oh. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay. You see some stuff. There might be a hole there, like where an ear canal could be. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, it doesn't mean that it hears poorly because of that. I mean, you know, if, if you don't have this, the, yeah. the, the structure of the ear, it lacks directionality. Yeah, right. But uh, porpoises don't have ear folds either, uh-huh. and they have excellent hearing. Uh-huh. Okay. But, of course, they have echolocation too. Yeah. So how much do they hear? I don't know. I mean, okay. I'm just saying. So if those are in fact ear holes and the, and the thing underneath his chin or that thing in the, is not an ear hole, I mean, who knows where yeah. the ear holes are? If that is an ear hole, then he doesn't seem, he would not expect his hearing to be great. Okay. Okay. Unless, of course, it is. Right. Because it's an alien species yeah, and who exactly. knows? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you expect his eyesight is fairly acute because it's got big eyes. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, other than that, it just, you know, what about, did you say it had pupils or irises in one look like You don't or? see okay. oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, pupils. Yeah. Yeah, they just seem to be big, you know, kind right. of globby things. Yeah, okay. okay. And as you're sitting there watching him, suddenly he just kind of reaches over and, he, and, he, and he, he does something, okay, and just stops. Okay, and you see the eyes kind of fold inside. Like and close over, or like close or? over. No, it's oh. more like the eyes suck inside of its head, huh. okay. and, it, and it pinches shut, oh. and it just stays like this. Oh, okay. okay. Or like taking a moment to rest. Yeah, perhaps. and then after, and then, and then about after ten minutes, uh-huh. then, um, and then the eyes poke back out again, and. You see, uh, you see this breathing. Well, it's this, this, this fluttering slows down, by the way, right. and it gets a lot faster. Okay, and well, it's when when, it, when the eyes go in, that's when the the little openings that was holding open close up as they, well. They don't close up; they uh, just stop fluttering. As yeah, much. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. It's like not as much fluid is going through. Yeah, right. And then and then it just starts going back just the way it was, just like before. Oh, okay. Okay, and which, as a matter of fact, at which point it then goes and turns. And, uh, and, and it looks like it looks over in the direction of the, uh, uh, of that big thing. And it turns around and it goes over and it crawls up. Okay. And you see this thing come forward and it's another one of these things. It looks very similar. Is, you know, the one in the chair I told you about on the end of the arm in the, in the, in the big sphere that was inside the cylinder. Yeah. So they're actually like looking at each other. Oh, okay. Okay. And they look at each other and you see it kind of wiggle around a bit and the other one kind of wiggles around a bit. Okay. And then it basically just turns away and goes back to what it was doing. And the thing 
pulls back into the into the murkiness again. Oh, okay. Maybe they're having a moment of mental telepathy. Yeah. When it does and moves over there like that, yeah. it has a little bit of its, it's actual uh, insight provides a little bit of shade from all the light that's out there. And when yeah. that happens, it actually gets brighter on the inside. So that murkiness goes away. Huh. Oh. Okay. It's like it, this this fluid that's around him also acts as a kind of a of a light shield of some kind against yeah. the really intense light uh-huh. that's on the outside that's yeah. out there in the in the in the area. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, a lot of great information there. So um, at that point, you're, you, it goes back to what it was doing. Yeah. You pull you pull your head out of there, your body out of there, and go down and, and tell soccer what you heard. Okay, but one one more thing. I, I may have, you may have told me, but I also look. Well, yeah, you told me about its lower section. It might have something like they could be mobile on and stuff, but its midsection. Do I see anything of, of interest there? I would say no. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right then. Okay. Anyways. Um, Okay, so yeah, I take my head out, go down, talk, speak. All right, and uh, is there anything else you want to do here? Um, I think we've gotten all the essential information for for right now. I mean, there's tons of stuff that's in that cylinder, and you have no idea what that stuff is. Well, we've also got to keep in mind that the time factor, because this is a war, and the sooner we get what we've learned to the people that it matters to, I'm also trying to keep that in mind and, you know, balance with anything with the time-critical reconnaissance. So right. if you can't think of anything else, I think we should probably get back okay. to, you know, with our valuable intelligence. All right. So what you're going to do then is you're basically going to, now you have to get out of here. Yes. Okay. And there's that silence. We're going to have a hard time getting out. Well, um, you know, the, the easiest way for you to get out of here. You hit your ride on maybe one of those mechanical or robotic things. Yes, perhaps. exactly. That is the easiest way out of here. Mm. Good job. I'd give you another Benny, except that we're done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you, you, you basically, uh, I'll give you a Benny just for being smart uh. about that. Okay. So you grab onto one of these, these, these digger type machines. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it crawls up to the top with a load of dirt. Yeah. And it throws over the side and you just jump off at that point because you actually have no weight. Yeah. It doesn't even know mm-hmm. you're there. Okay. And you tumble down the outside, uh, and, and, Climb down and start walking back the way you came. Yeah. Okay. So it's you're all you know. Again, your your best bet at this point is to head further uh, west because that'll put you more upriver. So when you try to go across the river again, when it carries you down, it, if you try to cross it right here, it'll immediately carry you out in the bay. Yeah. And you don't think that's a good idea. No, we only get lost floating on top of the ocean. Not right. Having a hard time so that. you go further west. Mm-hmm. You know, through around burning buildings and things like that, and right. you, and uh, uh, and you come to another bridge, uh, at which point you then go and uh, try to cross next to it. Okay, the idea being that you know, with the river going, you know, you uh, you have a chance. You know, uh, well, actually, it doesn't matter if you go to the bridge or not. But the point is, you get further enough that you think you can cross over to the uh, to the other side before you get carried past the first bridge mm-hmm. you know you're kind of hoping that maybe you might be able to you know if you if you really need to you might be able to cast yourself onto that bridge but it's the, the stance, staunchions 
on that bridge are so far apart, it's really a very unlikely that uh-huh. you'd be successful doing that. You just don't have the practice to be mm-hmm. able to anticipate that. So you're going to try to get across safely. Right. So go ahead and make your agility check. Actually, your swimming check. Yeah. Four. Four. Oh, again. Am I messing this up? I don't think enough. Three, four. Three exploding. Good. Uh, one. No, three, what is that? Three. Okay, so uh, 15. Okay, so what happens is that you start going across, but then you notice that soccer is in trouble. Apparently something's happened. Either a piece of debris came and hit her Uh that she wasn't expecting. It's knocked her spinning or whatever like that. She's struggling to try to get out of the water. It's carrying her further down. But you're rolling so well that you're actually able to swim after her and grab her and and kind of drag her out. Okay. Well, okay. Good. And 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 literally assist her getting to the other side. Okay. You know it's uh so other because you you had as long as nothing bad happened to you you had plenty of distance that you would gotten to the other side before it would have gone off into the bay. Okay. But she because she got into trouble there. You know, you're, you were able to really help her out. Well, that's what I was going to say. I wasn't just going to go over there and ignore her. I was going to period every 30 seconds or something or whatever, look back and make sure that she was, you know, coming along with yeah. me or whatever. And well, she'd done so well the last time yeah. that you actually you weren't expecting this, yeah, but right. she did, apparently, you know, something, some mm-hmm. piece of debris smacked into mm-hmm. her, knocked her under the water. She got back to the uh-huh. surface, but then. She had already been carried along without actually swimming uh-huh. for a fair distance because on the surface you can move a lot faster yeah. than you can underneath the water. So, you know, so you had to catch her and do that, but you yeah. rolled really effectively. So you pull on the other side, okay. and, and it's just like, man, this is this is a lot. This is a lot harder than I suck, I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, being immaterial really sucks. So now a note I wanted to make to myself is with the ghost mode, perhaps if someone that has a particularly strong sense of uh, like the Tamellan technology or alien technology use, to see if you can make the ghost mode so you can set a time limit, you know, after like one day or whatever you decide, you can have the ghost mode try and retract your presence back. So let's say, for example, a person gets no. lost and... No, oh, it's not possible. It doesn't do that. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. You know, there is... There is the um, um, there is another version where you go through and it will timely time return you, mm-hmm. but there is no time return ghost mode. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're basically turning off one function, turning on oh. another. Mm-hmm. So you, there's no combination of the two. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them, there's some. I mean, there's a whole list of things. Yeah. but I know there's no time ghost mode. Oh, okay. I mean, the whole idea is you're you should be. Completely invulnerable, so therefore there should be no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so you basically, as quickly as you can, uh, you make your way back to the portal, yeah. back to uh, Cohasset, to the uh, uh, the ruined temple of uh, of Jupiter, and go back through the portal back onto the platform. 
Okay. Okay. And good. on the way back, there is nothing of significant interest we saw that we might think we should detour. No, you okay. said you were trying to get this information yeah. back as quickly as yeah. possible. Mm -hmm. So no, you're not going to see anything more important than this. Okay. okay. I didn't think so. Right. So uh, anyway, so you basically get back, you come through. Okay. You basically you've been doing this now for four days. Okay. And okay. you need to make a vigor check. Okay. And I originally said about when you said, you know, about anything like um, in case something happens, and I said, well, two days, for example. So now it's been twice that time uh, that I said, actually. Four. Okay. All right. So you feel mentally fatigued at this okay. point. Uh, the, the, the hero die, I just got one on, if that makes any No, it makes I no difference at all. So. Okay. Okay, all right. You you basically feel very mentally fatigued. Yeah. Uh, because you've been basically yeah. up for four straight hours. Mm -hmm. okay. well, days, don't you mean? I'm sorry, four straight days. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, you know, you've had a lot of information. Right. You haven't had a chance to really process it. Mm -hmm. You know, you really feel feel fatigued. Yeah. Uh, Sakura apparently is an iron woman because she just acts like it's nothing. Huh. Okay. So and either she's lying or it may be her, her discipline in the martial arts okay. allows her to ignore things like that. Or maybe just, you know, she just seems to be better acclimated to this kind of, mm -hmm. of thing. Not everyone's going to have the same facility uh -huh. and be as facile with using ghost transfer. So okay. she seems to be real good with it. Right. And she, and she looks at, looks at you and, and she says, okay, let's get a debriefing. Indeed. Yeah. Before we forget little details. Okay. So at this point, you're going to need to I make... I suggest we make a combined briefing with some of the colonial hot taste people as long as, as well as with some IDAP people. Okay. Have like combined briefing because it involves both, important to both. All right. Well, what she's going to tell you is, is that she thinks that we should go and, um, and, and get someplace and use memory crystals as quickly as possible mm -hmm. because... Um, we're going to forget things. Yes, exactly. Okay. I was going to suggest like writing down notes, for example, or immediately telling. Well, no, memory crystals is the first thing you need to do because okay. that's going to be the most clear remembrance you're going to have, and everything yeah. that we do after that is going to make our you know, is is going to be more time, and our memory is going to get fuzzier. Of course, yeah. it's been two days since we saw it, yeah. so it may not make any real difference. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyways, so she goes and she. Uh, I would say she probably goes through. Um, in a area, go through a lot well, if they're even available. Cause well, she's going to go through a, about four or five crystals. There's mm -hmm. only about four or five things that she thinks is really important that she saw. Uh -huh. Okay, you on the other hand are um, are going to are going to have to think that there's a lot of crystals that you need. Uh, well, that's what okay, I. Okay, yeah, so what you need, need to do is you need to write down for me the specific memories. That you're trying to imprint onto these crystals. Uh huh. And then Sakura needs to give me, like I say, four or five of the things I said that she saw. Uh huh. And so you just basically write down what you think are the most important, and those are the things for next time. Just basically yeah. think about what you want to write down and uh, what you want to put into a crystal for some yeah. people, other people to study. Right. And at which point, then you can make a um, uh, make a spirit check. To see if you basically think you can even go on any further, because like I said, you're really tired. Oh. And she'll she'll have to make one too, but she'll make it at a bonus because her bigger check was so good. Yeah. 
Right. And then we can, because, I mean, you may have to go, you might have to take a nap. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, before but you But it would can... be much better at least to try for me to do a briefing with everyone. And maybe I'll fall asleep during the briefing, but as much as, as I can get out of my mind to other people, the better. Right. I'll okay, so go ahead there. and roll me uh, a spirit check. Okay. Oh, good. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so 14. Right. So both you and Sock are, base, are, are, are really committed to this. I mean, you yeah. seem to be very emotionally committed to this. Soccer seems to be, you know, some, while she was doing some of it, her, she was crying. Right. You know, I mean, it's, anyways, the, the point is, is that she's, uh, uh, you're able to continue and, and, and carry on with verbal, you know, narratives of the things that you saw. Um, uh, uh, interrogators will ask you questions about what you saw. Yeah. And, uh, and information that they have. And, and I'm then, relating it to both IDET, Echelon, and to the, ta- some of the tapes. Yeah, you're all going to, I mean, you know, um, um, oh, um, I can't remember. The, the, the liaison with Bureau 13 is there. Oh, okay. and so she's basically, you know, with both, you know, she's 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 no longer with Taze, but, you know, oh. she, you know um, she's she's working for IDET, but she's a, she, her her home was, you know, it was originally Victoria, you know, Victoria, you know, uh-huh. uh, the, the Victorians, so she's there too, uh, representing IDET. Right. So anyway, well, so I yeah, just three maybe of the Taze people along. Th- that, you know, these are we're talking about specific IDET personnel. I mean, they yeah. have you've gone back to. Um, the the portal that's on um, uh, Mozambique, you know, in in Africa, uh-huh. where where you know um, uh, where Lord Greystone, oh. where he's in control. It's, it's their main base. Uh-huh. So you're doing all this on their at their main base. They're uh-huh. in Africa. Okay, uh-huh. so there's lots of people there. That, you know, and and okay, and like I said, there are trained you know interrogators. Yeah, both. From you know both from the uh, Tay side and okay. also from the IDET side, right? They're helping, okay. Yeah. And so they're going to interrogate you as best they can, try to get all the information right. that, that they think is important. Yeah. You're you know they can be like you say, I think this is this. Okay, why did you think it? Okay, yeah. what in your background has you know, does this remind you of? Okay, and, and it's it's an exhausting process, sure. and it's, it's, the time that you're done with it. You both feel like you're wringing wet. Your your brain is like exploding. Uh-huh. Okay, I mean, you guys have already taken painkillers, you know, like ibuprofen or something like that to keep doing this, but you have. And at which point you will then literally they'll say, okay, take this, and they'll come over and they'll basically jab a needle into you and you'll fall unconscious. Right. They're literally going to sedate you. 